Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 392. On this episode, we're going to talk about uh, some of the uh, network cancellations from the Upfronts 2018, along with talking about uh, the new shows that uh, we think look good for fall 2018 and mid-season 2019. And then uh, we're also going to talk about the ATX Television Festival Season 7, which is coming up here at the beginning of June. And we'll be going over some of the schedule there and talking about what uh, what we're looking forward to seeing there. And then at the end, we will uh, give a few uh, TV recommendations. And uh, as always, you can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 392. I'm Jason, the TV Holic from TVholic.com, and this week I have joining me Ivy from America, <laughs> and Lynn from Canada. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> now you know why I was so intense on being happy about I was going first. <laughs> uh, yes, we a uh, little uh, international flavor here for the uh, podcast. May we? Yeah, even a little more international than I was expecting there. <laughs> getting, all, uh, getting all French Canadian on me. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, all right, so we'll start out uh, with some news. Uh, our, our news segment usually consists of going over the uh, you know what's recently been picked up or canceled or whatnot. So uh, with the upfronts, we ended up with a lot of. Aff- there's still a few things out there in limbo, but uh, we ended up with uh, a lot of official word on things that we already knew were canceled, but uh, uh, and then a bunch of other stuff that we found out about. And so I thought we'd just uh, go over the list real quick. Uh, ABC, Alex Inc., The Crossing, Deception, Designated Survivor, Kevin Probably Saves the World, Marvels and Humans, The Mayor. The Middle, Once Upon a Time, Quantico, Scandal, and Ten Days in the Valley are all been canceled or ended. It was their uh, last season. Any of those? Anybody was watching? Were you I'm still shocked. watching Designated Survivor, Ivy? Oh, no. I don't think I made it through the halfway through the first season before I gave up on Designated Survivor. I loved the concept, hated the execution. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, there was. Uh, I, I gave up on that one uh, in there too. Uh, I really liked the beginning of Kevin Probably Saves the World, but then I also, after a while, like while I liked it, I also saw that like the writing was on the wall. Yeah, and just didn't keep up with that one. Uh, I really liked the mayor. I was I was surprised that that didn't get more of a shot than it did. Yeah. I was really disappointed there. I thought it was kind of from the pilot was really, really solid. Uh, and it, you know, it's, it, yeah, it, uh, it didn't fit exactly with the, you know, the family family style comedies that they do, uh, but it still had a family element, uh, to it, uh, with his mom being, uh, you know, part of the show and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just, uh, I just really, I just really liked that one and was that was probably the of all of the ABC stuff. That was probably the my biggest disappointment of the ones that went away. I was I was shocked, shocked, shocked. I say yeah. that Inhumans was canceled. Yeah, the, the <laughs> official word came down that that's not coming oh, back. <laughs> was, I I had I knew it was coming back. 
I just knew it. Uh, I am a little, like, I was kind of enjoying Deception and uh, and The Crossing I thought was interesting, uh, but uh, apparently nobody else did on Monday nights once that uh, came on, so uh, were- those are all gone. So uh, then uh, CBS, <clears throat> uh, 9JKL, Kevin Can Wait, uh, Living Biblically, Me, Myself, and I, Scorpion, Superior Donuts, Wisdom of the Crowd, and Zoo, have all been uh, have all ended or or been canceled, and then uh, Code Black still sits out there uh, in limbo. hasn't been, uh, but that also just barely started back up for the was it third season now? Yeah, third season. Uh, how about any of those? Any of those? Uh, the only one I was really watching was uh, Superior Donuts, and uh, you know, so it's sort of a minor disappointment that that's a. Uh, that's gone, but it's not like, oh my god, they cancel Superior Donuts. <laughs> I really the like I left... an eye. Go ahead. Cut you. Are you saying? No, go ahead, Ivy. I was gonna say I really liked me, myself, and I for like the three episodes that aired. Yeah. Well that was definitely an interesting uh it was definitely an interesting concept. And uh would have liked to have seen how they were going to sustain that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh I, I do like things that have, you know, some sort of different spin to the normal thing. And that, that was a different way to tell something than, you know, comedy wise. But yeah, kind of surprised that uh, Kevin Can Wait got canceled. Not, not be, just because of, it wasn't like it was doing super terrible or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I'm not surprised. Uh, I I was more uh, had some ideas or comments more on the ABC stuff. That was more of the things that I was watching. But um, was it the JKL? I remember watching. And I mean, I love what's his name. And of course, this is so terrible. I love what's his name. But that premise had so much potential. Mark Horston, thank you. He is on my list, too. Um, You know, the concept and the fact that it was based sort of on his own life it sounded so good and they had such great talent in that cast and it was so wasted, so wasted. (laughs) And it was just like, who was the executive that greenlit this? And I hope that they're no longer with the network because it was, it's embarrassing television is what it is. I think it makes you wonder how bad everything else was that they didn't pick up that year. But I also think it's one of those that was greenlit, probably based on the talent that was attached to it. Very and, possible. And the idea that they've got to be able to work something out, like figure something out and this, and they didn't, you know, like it just never got, it never got better. And it was just uh, too. Uh, it's yeah. like their green lantern. Yeah. Was there, was there ABC shows that uh, like, did you watch scandal to the end? <laughs> I I watched Scandal to the end, and I have to say, what the beep for the finale? Uh, I'm gonna have to watch it again because I honestly don't know what happened. It it was, it was just, I, I really think that they they got so far off track from the original concept, which I thought was so brilliantly executed, you know, and having a different scandal and and you know handling the problem every episode. Then when it became too much about the internal scandals and what they were doing, it just became like, 
beyond ridiculous. When every but, main character ha- had officially become a murderer, I was out. Exactly. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, so you're going to torture somebody this week. Okay, no big deal. Um, yeah. And I mean, Carrie Washington's character um, just became so evil. And then she had like a complete 360 in the two episodes. And I was like, oh, we're going to wrap it up with a nice little bow. Um, yeah. But I, you know, it's like one of those things you've, I came into the series, I guess, midway through the la- the first season and then, you know, really supported it. And honestly, Carrie Washington made that series a hit for the sheer fact that she used social media to really pump the show up. And that's what did it. Um, and then, of course, you know, the show obviously got better, but I only watched it out of loyalty just so I could see it through. Um, Quantico was another one where it was just like, you know, I was happy that it was shot in my, you know, shot in Montreal. And then the second season, they, they moved it to New York. And again, I mean, it is, I I love action shows. I love those cop dramas and you'll see on my list, there's quite a bit, but it just became like all the actors were phoning it in. And I mean, Priyanka Chopra is like one of the hardest working women in television. I mean, she was doing double duty, flying to Indy on the weekends to shoot a movie and flying back. And she was out acting these people on jet lag. Um, you know, it was ridiculous. It was like, I felt like they were all reading scripts behind the camera kind of thing. They had teleprompters. Um, so I haven't started watching season three this year. I kind of feel like I'm going to just take a look almost just to see if it's as bad as it was last season. But, um, you know, I'm kind of glad that it's, going i hate to say but yeah i'm glad that the second season was filmed in your town because it was set in my hometown (laughs) and it did not look like williamsburg virginia ladies and gentlemen yeah i'm sure it didn't (laughs) almost as bad as seals team trying to be virginia beach with i noticed that i've been noticing your posts and and you know there is such a thing as authenticity you know so i i hear you yeah i mean that's i mean yeah, those type of things. I mean, Psych is one of my all-time favorite shows. Uh, but the idea that you can go into uh, forested mountains that close to Santa Barbara is not a thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, be at the beach and be... I mean, you can go to the mountains relatively... You know, it's not that far away, but you, it's not like just minutes away. Uh, you can fix that stuff in post, people. Yeah. You don't need to have mountains when there isn't any. So. Well, the thing was is there were so many things that took place on like these back roads that were clearly up in the mountains outside of Vancouver. You know, like uh, that. There's no place like that that close to the beach in Santa Barbara. <laughs> you're just like, um, you're not even trying anymore, Thank- people. You're not even trying anymore. Vancouver's running out of locations for people to shoot. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, it's true, and and some of the shows that that shoot there don't even take uh, care uh, in in how they shoot things because uh, basically, while Arrow and Flash take place in two towns that are uh, or two cities that are are separate, they have the same skyline uh, and the, and same, the same hospital room. Yeah, and the same buildings show up in the background all the time. Like it's it's amazing. Like. They did. They used to do better at at that type of stuff in the first couple seasons, and now they just don't care. Yeah, the well, same hospital room and the same coffee shop in every in both shows. Just redirect. Just some the location sign. director. <laughs> yeah, the some sign. location director is getting a kickback in those locations. Uh, but you know, like 
I mean, Arrow, there's a lot of rooftop scenes and stuff like that. So you get a lot of background skyline shots and stuff. And so when they do that on The Flash, and there's some buildings in downtown Vancouver that are very uh, noticeable. You know, they, they have yep. their own, uh, you know, you know that they're of a place. And uh, and when, and they're fine, it's fine if you want to say that those things are in the this you know the fake star city or whatever but if they're they also end up being in the fake other city too and then now they're in supergirl <laughs> which is you can go okay that one works at least they're on a whole nother plant you know a whole nother uh you know what do you call it uh you know version of uh of earth so you know i'll, I'll take it there although it's supposed to still be a whole nother place on that earth but you know whatever so speaking of the CW, yes, right. <laughs> uh, yes, a uh, life sentence got a death sentence. Uh, the originals uh, came to an end, and uh, Valor was uh, put out of his. Um, uh, although, were you watching Valor, Ivy? No, no. <laughs> I watched. I uh, to see, and I was I was about to segue for you earlier when we were talking about authenticity, because. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a show less authentic in my life. <laughs> like, like they didn't I, worry about hiring any type of military uh, like consultant oh, it, or anything to. Uh... I can't imagine that they didn't hire consultants, but I can't imagine they listened to a word they said. I have a high school buddy who lives in this world. I have a fan. I have a, a close family friend who lives in this world, and I even reached out to them and I was like, "Guys, is there anything accurate about this?" Yes. There's helicopters in the army. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they do fly helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like realism in Baywatch, people, you know? You mean those weren't real? Baywatch was more realistic than this was. <laughs> okay. Don't burst my bubble. I thought they were all real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, I don't know. I never, I never even watched a life sentence uh, although I like uh, what's uh, Lucy Hale. Yeah, again, good concept, average execution. Yeah, the uh, what was the? I'm blanking on the show. What was the? There was the show that was. It was on. I think it was. It was ABC Family back when that was, before it was Freeform. There was a show. I think it, that's the channel it was on. That uh, there was somebody that she played a reporter or wanted to be a reporter, but then she found out you know she was sick or whatever and. And then she was better. That had a better execution of a similar uh, style storyline. Story yeah, um, that, that's her new one, right? Because that's, I think, somewhere on my PVR. Yeah. Yeah. Life sentence didn't make it. Yeah. Life and, sentence was pronounced dead. Yeah. The and the originals, I somewhere in season three ish, I think maybe I stopped watching. I I'm still there. I, I still, I don't know when it was. I really didn't like it in its first season, but somewhere in its second season, I really clicked in with it. So yeah, I liked it. I just somehow got behind on it. And then it became one of those shows that just, uh, you know, by the time a new season was coming, you're like, uh, I don't got time to catch up on that right now. And then, yeah. and then you're two seasons, you know, you're a season and a half behind the next time. <laughs> See uh, Americans, comma, the. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So, foreshadowing, 
Is uh, Legacies on any of your upcoming lists when we talk about new shows, Ivy? I can't. I don't think I put it on my list of top five. It'll definitely be something I'm going to watch, but um, it's not. I'm not nearly as excited for it as I would be, say, for another season of the originals. All right. So next up is Fox, The Exorcist, The Last Man on Earth, Lucifer, The Mick, New Girl, and Shots Fired. Also, uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, but then that got uh, uh, picked up by NBC, so not canceled anymore. Are all? But those are all the ones that are officially gone or have ended. And then there's still things like Ghosted, uh, L.A. to Vegas, you know, and uh, even Prison Break and the X Files that don't have any official, like they're never going to do them again type of things, or whether they're going to do. Uh, more of them, but uh, how about uh, how about any of those, Lynn? Were you? Uh, I know you were a Prison Break fan. You are correct, sir. Yes, I was a hardcore fan the um, for the original series, and I was excited for them to bring it back, only because I think the way they had executed it, or they were talking about it, um, executed sounds like such a harsh word for that show. Um, and and I was pleased the way they did it. Um, and I think, you know, it was good that they kind of made it into a limited series and kind of gauge how people gauge, gauge, tomato, tomato, um, how how people liked it. I think, you know, from some of my friends who were also hardcore fans, they enjoyed it as well. Um, you know, there were some gaps. In it, would I like to see those characters back? I, I mean, I really think Dominic Purcell and uh, Wentworth Miller are phenomenal. Um, I almost wanted to see sort of a spinoff with Dominic Purcell, um, but maybe that's for selfish reasons. But, you know, sometimes I just think, you know, even with Prison Break, you know, I think it was Paul Shearing who said for the first series, I think he only had imagined it lasting three series, three seasons. And then, of course, it did so well that Fox, you know, threw money at them and they continued it on. And, you know, sometimes I think in this day and age, you should just leave well enough alone and finish stuff on a high note. So, um, you know, it might be, yeah, you might be should, worth revisiting or put it to bed. Yeah. You, you probably should, but there's nobody that would, if somebody threw money at them to do more. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, really, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, what with Miller and Dominic Purcell have been doing well on, you know, uh, other CW type programs. I have uh, you know. for, for a, for a reboot of prison break. Right now, not staying here. This one, so okay. Dominic Purcell, Wentworth Miller, they play uh, super villains that are put into prison, <laughs> and they've got to break out. And one's got cold powers, and the other one's got fire powers. I, think it's- I see Greg Berlanti producing it in Vancouver. It'll be a huge hit. <sighs> and That's right. You get, uh, another, you get another this weird Chicago accent. Yeah, another spinoff into the, uh, and and you could have you know, and you could have them in the, uh, you know, the the prison where they're holding all of the, you know, some of the powered people from, uh, you know, the Flash universe and stuff like that that uh, they can try and use to help escape, and uh, massive crossover potential. Bring all kinds of uh, real, all kinds of bad people that they, you know. Uh, with with abilities that they've put away over the years, it can make a make appearances and a completely yeah, original should... idea. 
Yeah, right. Ivy, you've got a career in development. You can pitch <laughs> the networks now. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, for that stuff, uh, I mean, I like the Mick. Uh, New Girl was, uh, I mean, it was time for it to end. I was surprised that they even got, you know, in eight episodes to, like, do an, act, you know, an ending ending, even though the previous season would have sufficed for that. Uh, Ghosted never worked for me. Uh, I like, I actually like the craziness of L.A. to Vegas, but you want to talk about no realism. <laughs> <laughs> what? People, Crazy. <laughs> apparently, you can just walk in and out of the... Uh, uh, you know, it just talk to the captain at any time, you know, like, wow. uh, but yeah. And, uh, and people just get up and walk around and sit by other people and, uh, chat for a while. It happens on every flight I've ever been on. Uh, totally. But yeah, but yet I like the, I don't know. They have some, some of the humor in it is, is pretty good. And, uh, and then, you know, any show that's going to put, uh, Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney in a scene together. I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm still bummed that I haven't seen that yet. And they, they've done it too late. They've done it twice and, and they did it twice. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, the X-Files, like the second, this last season, like I didn't, I never kept up with that one. I just deleted them off the DVR. So like, you know, if they make more or not, I'm sort of like out on that. So yeah, nothing, uh, nothing else really there. Lastly, uh, NBC, we've got, uh, the brave, uh, great news, uh, the night shift rise, uh, shades of blue, uh, and taken, uh, that are all, uh, canceled or ending. Uh, shades of blue still has its final season upcoming. Uh, so, if you're looking forward to uh, more uh, J-Lo on your screen, that's at least going to happen to, over the summer here. Uh, but then also Champions, uh, and I guess technically Law & Order True Crime is one of those that's out there in limbo, as is Timeless once again. <laughs> uh, here's hoping they save it before they cancel it this time. But yeah, I I really liked what they did with the new you know, with the new season and then they give you, I mean, with a time travel show, like, can you really have an Indian Indian? But the way the second season ended, you're like, wait, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more of that. So yeah. How about, uh, how about any of those Ivy? Were you, uh, the only thing that hurts from that list? I mean, cause I, I feel like timeless will be renewed. Um, but the only thing that really hurt from that list was the brave which I think was a much better show than it had any right to be. Um, yeah, was, I actually watched that all the way through, and uh, it was pretty solid. Yeah. But no, that's really the only one that heard from that list. How about you, Lynn? That was actually on my list, but my PBR was getting uh, overextended, so I didn't get the chance to watch that one. Uh, one, it didn't really hurt, but... Um, for selfish reasons, um, I stuck with Night Shift, but they really, every season, they really changed it. They, you know, they had cast changes with some that were acknowledged, others weren't. Um, and maybe I'm biased because they turfed some of the Canadians. Um, but 
you know, it was a likable show. I mean, you know, there's so many medical dramas. Nice use and, of you know, in a medical drama. I'll talk about um, medical drama. Very, very nice. Yeah, I try. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, having worked with Brendan Fair before, I, you know, was, you know, loyal to him and watching this show, but really the cast was so endearing and, and, you know, following them along on Twitter, I think, you know, they had a huge, uh, following on Twitter too. So I think that really helped them get from first season to second. But again, I think the changes were too much and, you know, it's just one of those shows where, you know, it was interesting to watch, um, and it was fun to watch and they had some really great cases and ideas and using the military side of things. And, that was really great. And they had really huge endorsements from the military on it. Um, but it was more like a Sunday afternoon show of like you flick through the channels and you saw it, you'd watch it. It wasn't necessarily musty TV, even though the cast was compelling. And, and uh, you know, I think they'll all go on to do some really great things anyway. So that's about it. So, yeah, I think uh, timeless is the one there that I hope that uh, definitely gets renewed. I, I hope there's going to be more of that. Like I said, the Brave was uh, pretty solid, and then uh, I never really watched it past the uh, past the pilot. But I'm sure uh, both Amory and Kyle really, 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 really want Champions to be uh, <laughs> renewed. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it for all of those that have been uh, canceled or or are still in limbo. If we didn't mention them, they got renewed. <laughs> that's the uh, uh, when talking about the uh, the broadcast side of things. I think the only other, uh, I mean, I think there was some other stuff too, but I think the, the main thing is the Ivy, that the, that the expanse has been canceled. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I have to talk about it later. We'll talk about um, it later. Uh, spoiler alert. The expanse is Ivy's recommendation. Uh, but yeah, so this freaking show people. <laughs> so we'll talk, uh, we'll talk more about that, uh, in a bit, we'll move on to more about the uh, the upfronts with the things that got canceled. It's to make room for uh, new things, and they announced uh, all of the pretty new shows that they're uh, introducing out there. Some with the uh, with the expanded trailers that they that they play at the upfronts presentation. That is basically a six minute episode <laughs> that tells you everything that's going to happen because those are not made for the average consumer they're made for people to say here's what the show is about buy some ads on it mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. these days they actually put those things out for everybody to see and then you watch it and you feel super spoiled because in five to six minutes they give you all the plot points of the episode it's very much a uh, like a reader's digest so like viewer's digest version of a of an episode and people are going wait what the heck is reader's digest uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Darn millennials. Uh, yes, it was a magazine. What's they used to they they used to condense long books into short things that you could read to get the major po points uh, from. But uh, anyways, yeah, moving on to talking about uh, that, we thought we'd go over not everything that was announced that was new or whatever, but uh, go over some of the things that we're most interested in uh, for both the coming in the fall and mid season and. Uh, whatever the, as well as whatever the show is that uh, we're least interested in after seeing or reading about it. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, 
any uh, surprises from the announcements and stuff like that. So we'll uh, start out. Uh, we've all got our like uh, top five. Should we should we go around and just do uh, one of a, one at a time that's on our list, or should we just go? Here's my list, and then you give your list, and Lynn gives her list, uh, type of thing. How how should we do this? Uh, I didn't really. I think we should do one each. Just do a yeah, like round going. robin and do one each. Yeah. Round robin it. Uh, mine are in uh, no, ne- not ne- necessarily any. While it's a top five, they're just the uh, like the five that I was most interested in. I didn't really rank them in a in a in a top five manner, but the uh, but the first one listed in uh, alphabetical order is uh, All American on the CW. Yay! Uh, it's a. Uh, it's the OC meets Friday Night Lights, yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what their tagline's gonna be. Uh, I mean, that's uh, it's it's centered uh, somewhat around uh, football, but uh, you know, set in Beverly Hills instead of the the rich part of Orange County. Uh, but uh, then also, but has the football aspect. Uh, but has the OC aspect of also being somebody brought from, you know, quote unquote, the other side of the tracks type of thing, the, uh, you know, the poor side of town or whatever to uh, live in the, you know, get to live and play football in you know, sort of fish, yeah, sort of a fish out of water. Yeah, you could almost say it's, it's an, you know, he's even like a 90210 meets, the, meets Friday Night Lights. Uh, type of thing. So yeah, you have the, you know, the clash of uh, outsiders and insiders and uh, all your normal high schooly drama stuff. I'm sure, along with uh, Tay Diggs as uh, father and coach in the show as well. So I don't know any uh, that end up on anybody else's list. Well, my yay should have explained that it was definitely on my list for sure. I love me a good football uh, drama. Um, I think I feel like I've seen everything and I, you know, certainly was a hardcore Friday night fan and I'm a huge Tay Diggs fan from even back in the day when he was on guiding light, the soap opera. Um, so I think if anything is going to make it not be a comparison between Friday night lights, it's going to be Tay Diggs. Um, I think it's, you know, great casting. Um, the, the actor, um, who's playing the, the kid, Daniel Ezra from the trailers, you know, just some phenomenal work there. So I have high hopes for it. It's on my list for sure. I Should I say, go on to one of, oops, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I, it's not on my list, but it's on my list of things I'm going to watch. I too have been a Tay Diggs fan for a long time, Len. I track my appreciation for him way back to his days at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, when he was in the cast of Totally Television. I was going to mention that, but I thought you probably already knew it. That is so awesome. Yep. You trump me. No pun intended. I just want to say you're the person, you're the one that, that brought that word onto the show. <laughs> I know. So how about you, Ivy? Uh, I, so in, in the buildup to Upfronts, this was a show that really wasn't on my radar because I thought that the concept was a bit out there, especially considering how much Kevin probably didn't at all save the world ended up. But um, I'm after the trailer, I'm really looking forward to God Friended Me. Um, 
you know, we I, I like Brandon Michael Hall from the aforementioned, you know, the mayor that we talked about earlier. I really think Violet Bean is on this cusp of 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 stardom and and greatness because I think she's proven herself in um, in building roles in The Flash and on The Resident this season. Um, and I think between the two of them, when you throw in Joe Morton, who's got more gravitas than most people uh, on television these days. And it's a goofy concept. I get it. It's going to be one of those things that either people buy into immediately or don't. Um, but I really have high hopes for that. Not Maybe not high expectations, but high hopes for God friended me. Yeah, that is actually on my list. It's the next one, uh, uh, you know, alphabetical wise uh, listed on my list as well. I, I really like the, you know, sort of the concept, uh, but also I'm, while I, he was more over the top too often on Scandal after a while, uh, I, I, I really like Joe Morton more back to uh, him being on Eureka uh, and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I like the, I mean, I like these types of concepts. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, this is, uh, definitely something that's been done, uh, uh, done before, like you said, in a sort of similar fashion with Kevin probably save, you know, uh, the world, uh, you know, and Eli Stone, uh, various things that have, you know, hit these types of uh, things, but with a, you know, a Facebook friendly twist <laughs> to the, uh, how, uh, he's getting uh, these uh, directives of uh, things uh, things to do, but I I really like. I mean, granted the this is this is definitely at the top of the list of uh, upfront trailers that tells you every plot point of the of the pilot episode. Uh, so if you don't want to be super spoiled on something, don't watch this trailer. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I I don't know. I really uh, I really liked it. I think it. it it depends on overall how much they do, but it can it could go super smaltzy or whatever. But uh, you know, I like these sort of connecty type things where, in the in the storytelling, just because from that aspect, like they have to really think through how they're going to you know tell these things and what the stories are going to be and and how they're going to hook these stories together and right. and are some of these going to come back around again you know later on. Uh, to be, you know, even more important than, you know, on the sort of procedural element of the uh, the thing that he's being told to do <laughs> that week, you know, type of thing. But yeah, I like the I, I really I really like that one as well. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Lynn? What's another show on or what's the show on your list? I was going to say, forgive me, TV Times 3 podcast peeps, for I have sinned and I did not watch the trailer for that, but that was actually on my list too. Um, I think that one, you know, for God friend of me, I'll go into one of my top five, but I just wanted to mention this, though. I think that's one of those shows that could be like, you know, a Glee or a Big Bang Theory. When you hear the concept, you're like, oh, wow, this could be good. Or you'd be like, this is not going to go anywhere. And then you're like, I am so wrong. I am so very wrong. Um, and I would watch Joe Morton read the phone book. So, um, but going on to one of my top fives, uh, I am going to say, again, I don't know how long this would last, but the trailer really hooked me is manifest from NBC, basically lost coming back five years later and not being in Hawaii. Um, you know, it's got it's got some cast members that I think 
are, you know, pretty interesting. Again, to me, sometimes it's the cast that does it. Um, Josh Dallas, I think from once upon a time is quite captivating and, uh, somebody who's probably not on the radar for a lot of people, but Athena Karkanis, another Canadian, um, you gotta support the Canucks. Um, she's, you know, she's been in the zoo, the expanse saw, uh, a Canadian series called the border. And I think she's just really captivating. I think she's going to be, um, great in it. Again, it's hard to say, like, is it going to be too much trying to be like lost or not? I don't know, but I definitely want to take a look at it. Yeah, that one's not, that one didn't make my, my five, but it's in that, uh, you know, like the next five type of uh, thing. It definitely has the type of plot points and things like that, that I'm, you know, that will hook me to get me to check out an episode or two to see, uh, what it is that, you know, that whole element of, of, uh, you know, parts of families and stuff like that have, you know, grown five years and the rest of them are all, you know, that haven't changed at all. And how people's lives have changed in five years when you've thought everybody was dead and now they're back, you know, like, uh, there's some definite uh, high drama that they can uh, play with, but then, uh, how much is the mystery of like what happened and, solving that going to be part of the uh the show or is it just going to be how things work after they've returned uh i don't know it'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to see how about you ivy did uh this one uh, yeah yeah manifest is on my list but it's in that it's in my top five because it's one of those, but it's high hopes, not high expectations. Like it's exactly. it's it's so big concept that I, I think it's more the it, like I fear it's going to end up more like the event than it, than it will be lost. Yeah, that's the that's the, and and the it fits right in there in that Monday at ten o'clock. Like you can go backwards of all the shows yep. on NBC, including you know like Timeless. Even though it got the, uh, you know, the, it did get canceled after, uh, uh, for whatever, you know, type of stuff. And, you know, like you said, the event and other shows that have had, uh, uh, but then even things like just from this last season, from other things, you know, like The Crossing or things that have that family drama-ish type stuff and uh, things, but they have this other you know, like uh, time travelly or supernaturally or some unexplained event type of, uh, you know, sci-fi-ish fantasy nature to the show as well. Uh, I don't know. These shows, those concepts always hook me as I'm interested, but for some reason they don't seem to grab enough other people uh, to, to continue on. Or in some cases, they're just executed really poorly after uh, a a solid setup, you know, in the beginning or something like that. Or their budget runs out after the pilot. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, since we talked about, uh, God friended me, that's two down on my list. Uh, so the next one down on my list is, uh, I feel bad. Uh, also on NBC. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I just, I thought the, I thought the trailer was funny. Uh, and, uh, you know, of I the the female fronted uh, comedy as as opposed to uh, with the with you know 
Paul Adelstein taking the uh, you know the more second place you know in the in the show is interesting. Uh, I balk at that she somehow doesn't know that she's super attractive, uh, but <laughs> that they uh, play up in the uh, uh, in the episode. And also, um, who exactly is Paul Adelstein's agent? Because <laughs> he does quite well in the <laughs> in the shows he gets uh, attached to with the people he ends up uh, either married to or was married to <laughs> in the past in these shows. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the that's the next one uh, on uh, on my list. Uh, did I feel bad making anybody else's list? It made it to mine. Great minds. Um, I can, yeah, Paul Edelstein, like, I have to agree with you on that one, Jason, that I think, you know, he's like girlfriend's guide to divorce or whatever that one was called. And the only time he didn't look out was on prison break. Yeah. But then he had that sweet gig in his reboot. Got, he had this sweet house. He got private practice and then Yeah. And then and then in Scandal and yeah. yeah. And it's and it's funny because in the first season uh or the first series of, of Prison Break, I hated him and I know he was playing a bad guy and I'm supposed to hate him, but I could not stand him at all. And yet he was my favorite character in the practice in, in private practice. And uh, yeah, he totally won me over. And I, I love the fact that, and I hope it doesn't become this big thing, which it probably will. And I hate to even bring it up, but I love the fact that it's actually a little bit more representative of like the city I live in, you know, it's not, there's, you know, there's enough pasty white people on TV. Um, so having a little bit of diversity and, you know, having, um, you know, parents who, again, I'm making assumptions based on the trailer that have may have um, immigrated um, to this imaginary town wherever they're living. And uh, so that old, old school um, culture with new and, you know, being a disappointment to your parents because of cultural norms or, or just being a di- disappointment to your parents is I always find kind of funny on comedies. Um, I think it, there's a lot to, to work with on that. And, uh, I just think, um, what was her name? Um, Sarayu Blue, I think, I, I don't know her from anything, but I just, I thought she was really, um, yeah, just really captivating in the, in the trailer. And I definitely want to see more. She was fantastic on No Tomorrow. And it says a lot to be good on No Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So that's not one I should put on my list to go find somewhere. I, uh, no, I, I, uh, no, tomorrow was a fun show that wasn't very good. Mm. You know, like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't very good. And, she, but she was, she was truly funny in that show. And she's, it's the, she is the reason why this made my list. Um, I'll, I mean, I have a tie. I, have, I basically have a tie for two sitcoms that I'll get into the other one later. Because and Lynn, I don't know if you know this well about me. Jason probably does. I don't like I don't watch sitcoms. That there might I don't be much either. Yeah, there might be one a year that sneaks in. Yeah, Ivy's just... Ivy's life is a sitcom. He doesn't need more of that when he gets home. Hey, <laughs> if your waitress, try the veal. <laughs> so, but no, she was she was outstanding on the show, and it's the one re- it's the reason why this one's getting a shot for me. 
Yeah, No yeah. Tomorrow, another one of those shows, highly realistic of their portrayal of Seattle, to bring that topic back around again. <laughs> well, didn't they move that show in between the first and the second episode? Wasn't it supposed yeah. to be based somewhere, and then they moved it somewhere else? Yeah, they filmed the pilot in, like, uh, like L.A., and then they, they, they put in various backgrounds into shots and things like that to change it when they actually aired the episode because they decided to film up in Vancouver. And so they changed it to the setting of, so that the Seattle would be the, the city. Uh, uh, but then you had, you, you had these, uh, you had these nice things where she was, you know, running around town and, and whatnot and doing all kinds of things. And uh, the space needle was always in the background and you're like, no, um, worse. <laughs> you're like, um, no, that's not a thing that happens uh, from well, Why is it over both characters' shoulders if they're talking, if they're talking to each other? There's also no, like, you know, it's just some of the things that, uh, it, it was definitely noticeable in that first episode. Cause then they tried to, you know, sort of the fix it in post to make it seem, uh, you know, like, I think they. Uh, somewhere, and, and maybe in the second episode, you know, like they, they had them parked in a car, uh, and and it was raining really hard out, <laughs> or something, you know, like okay, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a fun show that wasn't uh, super executed well either. But uh, but yeah, now that you mentioned it, I was like, I do recognize her from something, but I couldn't uh, couldn't place it, and I didn't look, you know, you know, IMDb it on everything to see. Uh, where those things were, but yeah. So Ivy, what's next on uh, your list? So only because, and I'm actually going to skip down to my fourth one, just because as we go through this list and we find out just how much ridiculous overlap we have, <laughs> I want to skip this one just because I want to make sure I say it before somebody else does. And this is another one I will say, I was actively thinking I would there'd be no way I would watch it until I saw the trailer because I felt like it was just too the I the concept and the actor in this concept felt like it would just be average. But I'm gonna watch the heck out of the rookie. Aha It's on my list. I, I was on mine too. <laughs> I, I had a feeling. Um I like I I was I mean obviously we're all Philly and fans, right? Uh, even though yes. he's Canadian. Um Yay. <laughs> Um, the, but the, the last couple seasons of castle just made me almost sick to my stomach compared how good to the, the beginning of the show was. And it was as much him as it was anything. Um, and in the end, like the castle to me, castle was at its best when they would do their two episode, their two parters where somebody was in serious danger. It was the, the, one of the few times every season where they would go pure, more lean heavy on the drama and be less on the comedy, uh, because I felt like that really worked better. And the pilot here seemed to be much more dramatic than dramedy, and that would that's what clicked my interest. Um, I'm a big fan of Melissa O'Neill's as well, as long as we're talking about Canadians that we like. Um, and so I'm looking forward to to her being in the show as well. But I, like I said, I wanted to get this in before somebody else said it. Uh, yeah, it's on. Darn it! It's yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's on my list as well. Uh, as you stated, you know, like Nathan Fillion, he's just a, you know, kind of a likable guy, you know, in the, in stuff. And so, yeah, you're also thinking about, uh, 
you're, you're kind of looking at it going, how are, how are they going to play this? Like, are they going to go super serious or are they going to swing into, you know, kind of a cheesy, uh, I don't know, you know, kind of a more comedic aspect of it. And, uh, uh I don't know. I like the, I don't know. I like the trailer. I like the idea of, uh, I like, I like the, you know, sort of the setup of like, you know, the, the one cop doesn't really like him cause you know, he, you know, uh, he's there cause sort of a midlife crisis, not necessarily because he always wanted to be a cop or something like that, you know, uh, uh type of, uh, setup, but also, you know, that midlife crisis kind of thing, like, uh, things have not gone the way you originally planned or whatever. And something happens and, and, uh, you decide to go a different direction and, and, uh, you know, being, you know, like the, the new guy, the rookie cop, but also, but not looking like you're the rookie cop, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, is, uh, I think it's an interesting concept and, uh, I like the, I like the trailer. So yeah. And, uh, I take it, it was, uh, on yours as well. Uh, Lynn. It was indeed. Um, and from my inside sources that were at the LA screenings this week, the response has been pretty good from um, international um, buyers from international networks. So that's a good sign too, because they get jaded after watching things. I'm sure. Um, I'm totally in agreement uh, with Ivy on this in terms of I had zero real interest in watching it at the beginning, just the sheer fact that it's like, oh, God, it's another cop drama. And as much as I like Nathan Fillion, not just because he's Canadian, because I really did like Castle and then lost interest in it as well. And I did like those two parters, as Ivy said, too. Um, I just had zero interest. But the, the trailer, you know, really blew me away. And I'm just hoping, um, like what Jason said, that. I feel like I'm like Switzerland and being so neutral on this, but um, that that they stick sort of with the dramatic side of it as opposed to kind of going castle-ish where they started getting comedic. Um, because I do think, you know, you reach a certain stage in your life where you do make a 360 and something can dramatically alter the course of your life, um, you know, for better or for worse. And you know, I think the trailer was so well done. And again, you know, not to, you know, wave the Canadian flag or whatever, but it is uh, a Canadian company that is producing it in association with ABC. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's Nathan Fillion. So let's hope it uh, has some longevity. Can I say one of mine? Because I think I'm running out or no. You know what? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even think I have anything left. On, I have one thing left on my list that oh, we haven't what? said. Yeah. Well, that's all I have left on my list as well. So uh, what's, right, what's, what's, your, what's your what's your last one? Uh... Uh, I'm hoping that I'm going to surprise you guys and that you, you're not going to say me too. Um, but I get to go first. So it doesn't matter. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <funny. laughs> um, but. I'm really hoping that the Murphy Brown reboot um, could be good. I loved the show, um, the, the original, and I, I, I really think that work executives are being really lazy by doing as many reboots as they are. Um, but I, I'm kind of hoping that this one with, you know, all fake news and social media and everything 
could be quite comedic and the fact that you know her son is now grown up and will be working with her and Tyne Daly is going to be part of it um, some of the original cast um, is back I think it could be good or it could be just like why did they bother so I'm kind of on the cusp because like I said I think having reboots is lazy um, and I'm going to mention another one I'm going to jump in I'm going to sneak in and throw in a six because I'm saying reboots um the magnum pi reboot it's not really a reboot it's just using the title and throwing characters that have similar backgrounds and like you could have any show a cop show or a medical show and call it a reboot having the same title on it and it's a completely different show but it grabs the eyeballs so it actually looks kind of fun jay hernandez is another actor who i think is pretty charismatic and was really quite fun on scandal to be honest in the last season um but again like those are two where i feel like reboots on the cusp they could have called it something else yeah. and it would well the magnum still PI maybe one, they definitely macgyvered it hawaii 5 would it yep uh, on the uh, on the action front uh there's a scene in the trailer that makes the pilot of Scorpion look absolutely totally realistic. Hey, hey. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, that that I like. I you know I like the you know the potential of it sort of thing. But then some of the action that they show in it, I was just like, that's too over the top. Uh, they've done some of that in Hawaii Five O. I do find it interesting that it is set in the same Hawaii as the present Hawaii Five O. Uh, so that's, that's interesting that the new Magnum PI, you could, you can uh, say is like a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff of Jag. Uh, yeah, Jag. <laughs> oh, there is a, sp- but there is, there is something on that list, which is like a Jag thing. Uh, yeah, there is on... a show called the code, I think. Is that the that's one it. Uh, that's, that's coming? It. That is, uh, that is set in, uh, with the Marine Jag the, 2.0. In the in the Jag office, uh, yeah. So yeah. that's a, that'll be Jag's but, getting up there. But yeah, the the Magnum PI is on the it's on the list of you know it's in that second set of things that I'm interested in checking out. But the some of the stuff I saw in the pilot made me have me checking out early. Once I do check it out, uh, but the the Halo jump is a dream. I mean the. I'm not, talking about the, I'm not talking about oh, okay. I'm, talking, okay. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about another scene where he ha- he ends up on a helicopter at the end. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't, not not to not to spoil anything for anybody who do want, does want to go watch the trailer and and uh, see what uh, scene. But yeah, it makes the uh, hooking a cable to the uh, 747 <laughs> while driving a car really fast in Scorpion seem downright plausible there uh, there is a helicopter and a magnum pi you have ruined that show for me <laughs> sir yeah. spoiler alert too late not and only that, it's, 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 it's the same color yeah not only that it's flown by a guy named tc if you believe that what <laughs> next you're gonna tell me there's a higgins in the show there and they is. probably like gender changed her or something ah, how did you know uh whatever <laughs> uh yeah but yeah that's uh magnum pi not uh not so much on uh on my uh, it's it's on the thing to check out but uh it may get the I'm, quick out like like macgyver did 
I'm much more likely to give Magnum PI a shot than Murphy Brown since I'm trying to bring it back to Len's list. Yeah. Uh, Murphy Brown's not, I mean, it's, I'll, I'll check it out, but I'm not, it's not on my list of things I'm, I'm excited for. I, I watched the show when it was on before, but I wasn't, I, I don't recall being, you know, like a big must watch every episode, uh, type of, uh, a fan of the show originally. Although two two rebooted sitcoms with vastly different political points of view, I think will be interesting to have on the air next year. Are you hinting at perhaps Roseanne? Yeah. No, I, I mean no. I'm 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 quoting. I mean I'm pointing to very specifically. I just it's interesting that I mean the idea of these reboots and the fact that Roseanne's what the most watched show on TV these days, at least on the broadcast TV. Um, is interesting in and of itself, but to have two so diametrically opposed, I think it speaks a lot about how we view politics as a country these days or as a society these days. But it, I, I'm not at all surprised that they're almost, you know what I mean? Like they could almost be put on the air at the same time and I wouldn't be surprised. Although yeah. although from what I, I haven't watched much past the, you know, the 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 season 10 premiere episode or whatever of uh of roseanne but from what i understand is they haven't really overtly hit on a lot of the political stuff since the pilot like it was very focused on that in the or in that first episode but uh it kind of comes up more tangentially based on you know actual the real life situations that the characters are living through type of thing as opposed to being very much the focus of of episodes. Uh, I also, I also heard somewhere too. I don't know if it was one of the networking sex that said next season is going to be a little less political, which I thought was kind of interesting because I think that's what she was trying to push, you know, that we, that, you know, we all live in a society that's so diametrically opposed right now that she still wanted to, to have that. And, um, but you know, I think in some episodes yeah. where she looks like the bad person and it's like, she, you know, really is trying to push the envelope where we, you know, have those conversations. So, but yeah, but I think also that that first episode was just so overtly political, uh, and and wrapped around the, you know, the election and and all of that type of stuff that it got sort of, uh, and then you know her political beliefs, you know, in real life, all got. Yeah. I'll get tangled up into uh, this is what this show is or whatever. And it hasn't really been that uh, yeah. it, it may come from uh, some of that, uh, but you know, like they've had, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like Roseanne's writing every episode. Exactly, you know, or like, uh, I'm sure she has lots of, uh, of control over what the final product is or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, it hasn't been, uh, as as much as that uh, as that first episode, but I'm I'm interested to see because I'm interested to see how Murphy Brown goes because it is going to be re- you know revolving around uh, you know uh, a news you know news programming and stuff like that, uh, and they they tell you right there in the trailer that uh, the reason Murphy Brown is coming back you know uh, to work in news again is because of uh, the election. And so it's definitely going to be about that. So I'm interested to see how that works. Uh, you know, how much, uh, 
you know, how much they hit on, on things that are actually happening, you know, and as with the TV production, you know, they will be a few weeks behind actual events, but, uh, how the, how the commentary and stuff like that being actually more, uh, overtly, uh, political. Cause I mean the same thing with the will and grace, like it was very, like the first episode back was, but then it fell into being what it was before, you know, and it, hits, I was going to mention that it actually hits, too. It, it hits on those things, you know, tangentially as they come up, you know, for a punchline or whatever is happening in an episode. Uh, they're not about, you know, those things or, or specifically trying to hit on those things necessarily all the time. Uh, so I'm interested to, I am interested on that level of seeing how uh, this one works when it, that's the purpose of it. You know, like that's uh, uh, that's what everything is going to revolve around. How much, how funny would it be as a wink to the original that she interviews Dan Quayle or has her son interview Dan Quayle? Do you guys remember the whole backlash about the fact that she was a single mom raising a kid and Dan Quayle was like, yeah. this is the problem with society and families and everything else? Uh, just that thought came to mind. You say potato. <laughs> I was going to say that, and I was like, "Is that the right reference?" I couldn't remember. Uh, yes. All right. So, uh, mid-season. That's the uh, no. That's the that was the last one on your list, right, uh, Lynn? We've talked about all the rest uh, it, of the ones on your it list. It is. There's there's one, but I'm not sure. Honestly, my, my handwriting was so terrible. I don't know if it's a mid-season one, so I was going to kind of hold off just in case. Um, right, but uh, it was Cool Kids. So I'll just uh, mention it, and you guys can tell me. That the Fox? Yes, comedy? with Vicki Lawrence, yeah, I think um, David Allen Greer, and Martin Mull. I think it's mid-season. Is it mid-season? I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but anyway. That that has a cast that that's the only reason why a show like that. No, it's going to be in the fall. The cool kid is going to be in the fall. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just going to mention that only because the cast. Um, I mean, the cast. well, the cast. But I find it really funny because I wonder if there was a certain development executive or a certain writer at a certain conference in Miami a couple of years ago when Norman Lear was being interviewed by, um, was it Phil Rosenthal from Everybody Loves Raymond? And uh, he actually made a comment in front of a stage full of, you know, TV executives uh, about the fact that there's not really a, a sitcom about older people. And he thought it would be hilarious if there was a sitcom about older people living in a nursing home. And when I saw this trailer, not that it's exactly like what he was sort of, quasi pitching it was just like hmm did somebody sit there and jot it down and then come up yeah. with this but um i think the cast alone is the reason why that got greenlit and the idea of having david allen greer as a guy in a senior's home makes me feel very very old yeah, <laughs> yeah i think they're 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 definitely uh uh aging him up a little bit because he he's, he's not that old <laughs> Just recently, I mean, he was playing a father, but uh, on the Carmichael show. But uh, now he's now all of a sudden he's like a full on, uh, old. you know, gray haired uh, grandfather ish uh, old. But you know, you got Martin Mole and Vicky Lawrence, and that's just uh, 
Like there's too good. There's potential uh, good comedy. I mean, I I like a, a lot of them from uh, from that stuff. Uh, uh, how about you, Ivy? What's the last one on uh, on your list? Um, well, I have one and a half. I'll say the other sitcom that I've kind of got on my radar is Single Parents, just because yeah. of Leighton Meester. I feel like I'm been waiting since Gossip Girl for her to break out. Um, but the other one, and I, as much as we've, and I say we, I, I maybe Lynn have dog, or we've collectively <laughs> dogged um, cop shows and, and medical shows. Um, I'm going to give FBI a chance um, because I am a fan of the genre. I'm a fan of Missy Pegram's. I'm a fan of uh, a serious take on the FBI, which Quantico never really was. Yeah. Um, so that's on my. That's I don't. I don't. That I think will probably be nothing special, but it could be one of those nothing specials that lasts for eight or nine years kind of thing. That's why it was on my my viewing list. And I was like, oh, but it's Dick Wolf. It could go on for 20 years. I I thought the same thing as you. Like, I like the realism of it. And I kind of like Missy Peregrine. Um I know she's Canadian and I have to like her. It's part of our DNA, but I was going to say there's a Canadian you don't like. <laughs> I there's lots of Canadians I don't like. Um, she actually she actually rebuffed somebody that I like. Um, and when she divorced, what's his name from Chuck Zachary Le- Levy? She was married to him for what five seconds. So I have a feeling that was just a bad idea for both of them. Probably. But, you know, they always blame the girl, which is terrible. Um, I'm sure she wanted to stay here. And he, and strangely enough, he's here now. So, um, but I'm getting off on a tangent and the yeah, caffeine's not kicking yeah. in. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. That's that's one of those shows where, it's, you know, it could be really good or it could be too formulaic, like all the Dick Wolf shows. It's like he just changes the location and the crime. Yeah, but I like all of the Chicago stuff. Well, at least I don't like the medical show. I like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I really just like PD. I don't know even like <laughs> And I like PD a lot less since uh, Sophia Bush left. Yeah. So I'm still watching, but I like it a whole lot less. Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, FBI is on the you know the second tier of things. Like it was, like when I went through all the new shows. I just, uh, you know, I just typed out a list of all things that I had some interest in, and then I cut them down to the ones that, to make the, uh, you know, the five that I was most interested in. But that was on the list of things that I had some interest in uh, uh, with the, yeah, FBI. But yeah, kind of scary how we all have similar <laughs> lists, and yet we have such different viewing tastes. Just really yeah, interesting. Or, or well, I could. Or it could be that these really are the best options. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was a whole lot harder for me to make my mid-season list because I'm much more interested in what's coming rather in the in the winter and the spring than I am what's coming in the fall. Yeah. um... Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. I found like some of the shows were much better and stronger looking for mid-season than they were for fall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the last one on my list is a million little things, and uh, I don't know. It has that uh, I don't know a show built around something that happens that gets everybody to reevaluate <laughs> what their uh, 
uh, what they're doing in life and whatnot. And so it, it has the potential to have, you know, all of the, you know, all of the feels or whatnot. Uh, but I really like the cast, uh, mainly, you know, uh, with James Roday from Psych and, uh, you know, Ron Livingston and, and whatnot, uh, the people that are in it. I'm just, uh, I'm interested in it. The, the setup of it seems like a pretty solid setup for, you know, this type of drama, you know, uh, to, to continue to follow along and, uh, see how it uh, plays out. But that's the, that's the last one on uh, my list that we haven't uh, already talked about at some point, which uh, obviously didn't make anybody else's list because everybody else's lists are, are done. <laughs> it, it was on the cusp because yeah. of Ron Livingston, <laughs> but. How about Sorry. you, Ivy? Any? Yeah, I, I will definitely watch it. All right, so we'll move on to uh, the midseason. There were, you know, there's a few less offerings uh, out there and a f- way less with actual trailers uh, provided to be able to watch. So most of that was based on reading the plot synopsis of things. And uh, but uh, we'll start. Uh, we'll start with you, Lynn, on your midseason list. What's a show on your midseason list? I'm so glad you asked me first because I. I'm really curious to know if this will be on your list, guys, because either this is going to be one of those shows where you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. Or it's going to be really, really compelling TV Um, is The Fix, which is basically, I think, a Marsha Clark biopic. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, they say write what you know, right? (laughs) Well, that's exactly it. And I mean, she's one of the executive producers and. You know, the people versus OJ Simpson was such a huge hit on on Fox and or FX, sorry. And, you know, that alone, I mean, I remember watching the first few episodes going, oh, my God, this is trash. And then it just became so compelling. Um, The only thing that I'm worried about this, besides the fact that it's a complete biopic, I mean, is the fact that it's Robin Tunney is the lead. And I don't get why she keeps getting hired for shows because she plays every role exactly the same with zero, like zero emotion. Yeah, but if that's what's needed like, for the role, her that's voice why they go to her. is like, uh, and she was the same in prison break. I hate to say this. I'm not a violent person, but I was glad she got killed off in prison break because it was so tiresome having her on screen. She was, you know, every show I've seen her in is the same thing. And it just drives me crazy. The that, ugh. That's it. It's over. No more. I can't handle that girl. I don't know what it is um, about her. She must have a really good agent. I don't know why she keeps getting hired for the same things. Um, the fact that Marin Dungey and I'm going to, I'm hoping I get the pronouncing um, this right. Cause he was following me on Twitter and I got really excited, but it was Adewale Akinui uh, Abajay, um, Echo, Mr. Echo from uh, Lost plays basically the OJ Simpson character. And um, Brecken Meyer is also in it, too. Um, I think it, you know, stripped from the headlines kind of thing, you know, yeah. I'd be it, interested it has so Meyer much potential. His, uh, uh, if Brecken Meyer was playing his uh, previous lawyer role in this in this series, that would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, I, like, I really and I, I mean, Ottawa is like a wicked, you know, um, evil character i think robin givens plays like an ex-girlfriend which is even more ironic considering she was mike tyson's you know ex 
girlfriend and had to deal with that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, there's almost art imitating life or imitating art again. Um, I'm really hoping that it, it is just like a wicked crime drama and um, it doesn't venture too much into, I hate to say this into real life, into like the background, but having read her book back in the day, um, the, you know, that case still is, you know, one of the greatest, you know, crazy injustices that ever happened. So um, I'm really excited about it. I'm really hoping I have high hopes, but I don't know. We'll yeah, see. It's on the, you know, maybe check out list, but didn't make my list. How about you, Ivy? Uh, it was near the top of my list, but didn't make the top three. So what did? What's, uh, the first one. What's the show um, on your for, list? The first two were easy. So, and I imagine at least one of them will show up on, on other people's lists. I'm but, pretty sure I know what one of them is going to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Just say it. Let's see. I'm curious. Does he have a thing no, no. for a redheaded? Does he have a thing for a Canadian ginger? Um, we have made bets. That might be tied for third. <laughs> uh, but uh, let me start it. Let me start with the the, the 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 probably the show that I'm most looking forward to this year, and that's Whiskey Cavalier. Yes. Yep. With Scott Foley, Lauren Cohen. I, I, it's, you know, it's funny. I griped about Castle earlier, but I think this is the, I'm much happier to see something like this as a natural successor to that type of show that, you know, the, the opposites, the true, well, not really opposites. Cause I think very, the characters are very similar. Um, but that playful, that playful hatredness, that's not true. You know, I'm, I'm lost for trying to describe it, but yeah, the, well, I'm the, really looking, uh, really looking forward to seeing Scott Foley playing, playing up the comedy. Yeah, uh, definitely a banterific type show. Uh, potentially, it's on my list as well. Uh, it sounds like it's on uh, your list uh, too, Lynn. It is, and I was really upset that it's a mid-season because I was secretly hoping it would show up as one of those coming soon's on ATX, and I highly doubt they'll they'll do a mid-season. Um, I, I, I'm sure I had heard about it quite a while ago that they were going to do this and, and, or, you know, I think Scott Foley had a couple of things that he had lined up and I think there was actually one with Greg Grunberg. So maybe, maybe in my secret wildest dreams that he'll show up on the show. Um, Lauren, uh, Cohen, I actually, it was funny, you know, I MDB'd her because I thought she played, um, the queen's sister in the crown because she looks so much like her and I was completely wrong. Um, apparently she's from the walking dead, which is the show I never watched, but I'm really, really excited about the show for the same reasons that Ivy said, you know, I, I love that sort of sexy banter, um, you know, kind of good cop, bad cop. Um, Along with all kinds of spy jinx and, uh, and whatnot. You blow up stuff real good. Yeah, I'm yeah, I totally a good spy show, you know, you know, like a, ah. you know, a Mr. And Mrs. Smith, you know, type of uh, covert affairs, hundred uh, percent, you know, type yeah. of uh, type of thing. It sort of fills that uh, fills that void, and uh, and I love the I love the little clip where you know they keep showing the video of him talking about the breakup with his wife or whatever. I just thought that was <laughs> such a funny little comedic element. I'm like, oh yeah, we saw that too. 
I just thought that that kind of really pinpointed that humor you can have in those types of shows. And I, I'm so, I knew it was going to be on your list, but <laughs> I, I did mine in no particular order. I would just like to point that out. Well, I knew, I knew it was going to be everybody else's, which is why I wanted to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if my next one on the list is anybody's. I don't know if it is. Maybe. Well, we'll see. Uh, Should I? My f- Should I since, uh, well, I got to give one first here. Uh, although Enemy Within was, uh, or Enemy, the Enemy Within is the first one on my list. Uh, Whiskey Cavalier was, was, uh, on it already. So that's two down for me, but the, the Enemy Within is, uh, is next. It's in that, it's in a sort of a similar thing, but going looks to be going more for i mean there's no trailer to look at but going more for a serious side of uh that type of a team up type of thing uh for with the with enemy within with the Jennifer Car- Carpenter and Morris Chestnut and uh you know she's she's a former CIA operative that did something uh that got her put away in prison but now they uh you know as things go something's happening and they need her help so uh, they decide to pull her out to uh, to help with a case and whatnot, and uh, I don't know. It hits all those types of elements uh, that I'm that I'm interested in in shows. And then I like, well, I like Morris Chestnut. I mean, uh, but I also really like Jennifer Carpenter. So uh, that's uh, that's the first one on my list uh, as as they go in alphabetical order. So. Yeah, I'll say the the reason I'm most excited for the enemy within is for Kelly Garner to be back on TV, and and I say this because I love telling this joke about me. I, I loved Pan Am, I really did. I thought Pan Am was an incredibly <laughs> underrated show. You and I always going to be the most show. famous. <laughs> I always said Kelly Garner is going to be the one that breaks out of that show and becomes a big, big, big. Oh wait, Margot Robbie. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> So, but I'm I'm excited to see her on network TV. Uh, but yeah, but I think Margot Robbie's really helped her out in that case. Uh, really break out. That didn't come off quite as well, well as I had hoped. No, I don't, I don't think I ended that joke. <laughs> and then there was um. It was oh my god, to be I Margot's Robbie's are really what broke out in that <laughs> of that uh. series. It didn't come out right the first time. Uh, Maybe I can go and back and edit it and fix that in post. Fix <laughs> no, it in post. You're just digging that hole, sir. Just keep digging that hole deeper. Yep. Uh, so what's yep. the... Uh, was Enemy Within on uh, your list at all in? Or? It was on the cusp, but I chose Whiskey Cavalier because we only had three. Yeah. And then, so what and is then, the next one that made your list? Um, Just because I think he's so deserving of a lead series that becomes successful... Because he's done such great stuff, and he's at ATX, and I miss every panel he's ever on at ATX because there's something else. Is the passage with Mark Paul Gosler? It's based on a trilogy, a trilogy of books from the same name by Justin Cronin, and it's kind of quasi sci-fi. Um, looks like there's like an experimental facility that houses. That they're trying to do some research on a cure-all of a virus that could either wipe everybody out or find a cure-all for all maladies kind of thing. And so he plays a a federal agent that has to bring in people. I guess they keep bringing in like prisoners to sign away their, their rights 
to try this experimental drug and they decide that they need a kid. And so they get an orphan and then somehow he gets this crisis of conscience because I don't think he really knows the full extent of this facility and becomes a father figure to, to her while he protects her. Again, sometimes these premises, it's like, I can't imagine seeing this for longer than a season or two. Like, where do you go from there? Yeah. But How long can he stay on the run before? Well, that's exactly it. Or, you know, what is the big secret? What? How do they cure it? I don't know. Um, but I just think he picks such interesting projects. And, you know, he say what you want about say about the bell or whatever, but he was fabulous on pitch. He, you know, he's been great on other stuff too. Like the legal drama, I can't even, Franklin and bash was fun, you know? So I kind of, I kind of hope it works out. And I have another one that was on the cusp, but the I'm passage, sure it'll be the, Ivy. Yep. The passage. That's the next one on my list uh, that uh, for mid season, uh, because it has, I mean, I, I like uh, Mark Paul Gossler uh, as well, but it has that, uh, you know, there's some bigger conspiracy type thing, uh, uh, but they, you know, they end up on the run, you know, it ends up being, uh, you know, that type of aspect has, you know, they've done that with the uh, uh, shows. I'm trying to, there was the show on NBC that only lasted a season that had the girl that had, uh, you know, some sort of abilities that the government was trying to track down and, and her real father that she didn't know. And he didn't know that had a kid, you know, was uh, going around and trying to keep away from. Uh, I can't remember the name of the show. Believe. Yes, I believe. I can't remember the show. <laughs> um, I can't believe you forgot. Uh, yeah, you know, it has the that type of aspect of uh, the show with some bigger thing out there. Uh, I don't have any relationship with the uh, books uh, that it's uh, based on, so I don't know like really what uh, any of that stuff is. So I'm going into it cold just based on what I've read. And, and they do have a trade. It's one of the, one of the few mid season shows that actually does have a trailer out there posted for it. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, on my list. How about you, Ivy? Specific to this show. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I will watch it, but it's the show that I have least faith of actually making it to a fifth episode. <laughs> I have no belief that we will actually see the end of the first season broadcast. I hope I'm wrong because I too like am an MPG fan. So I hope I'm wrong, but I don't have a lot of faith there. So what's the next one on your list? Say it, Ivy. Say it. No, I know it is. No, that's going to be, that's the tide for third. That's the, that's tied for third. It's also an aforementioned show that we've 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 spoken about already. But no, I I'm gonna go the reboot route. And it's gonna be I, I like I like the writer. I like the I like the lead, which is amazing because if you'd asked me four years ago, I was not a fan of this actress. But I'm but sign me up for Roswell, New Mexico. Interesting. I, I'm going to be there day one. I I'm I'm a big fan of Jeannie Mason's now. Um Karina Mack obviously is a big ATX presence, or at least has been growing over the last couple of years. I believe she was in. She's going to be she was in this year. Yeah, she was in my very, very. That's the one that I kind of thought might sneak in to uh, to a uh, a screening. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah, that's that's my number two. I'll be there. I'm not a big. 
I'm I'm getting a little tired of Nathan Parsons. I'm not all on the Nathan Parsons bandwagon, but um, sign me up. How about you, Lynn? Anything uh, on the uh, Roswell front for you? Uh, no, but I think it'll be really interesting because um, I was never really a big Roswell fan. But again, you know, having worked with Brendan and following him on Twitter, how he was trying to um, do a new project with again, getting old and slipping in my mind her name, who is this co-star that they were trying to get Netflix involved on a, on a sort of reboot spinoff kind of thing uh, for Roswell. So it'll be interesting to see if they kind of scrap that plan or they start calling their agents going, how do we get in on the reboot? Um, but yeah, it was never really high on my list. Yeah, not uh, not on my list. I mean, I'll I'll check it out, but I never watched the the original one, so I have no like. There's no uh, like. I wish it never got canceled. I you know <laughs> really wish there was more or, or something like it uh, type of thing uh, on that one. But yeah, so how does that go? Uh, that we've talked about all three on my list. Uh, anything left on anybody else's list? Just Ivy. Just Ivy. So, just Ivy with his tied for third. He is tied for third. So, yeah, I've got two uh, two legal shows tied for third. One is the aforementioned The Code, since we were talking Jag, and there might be uh, a show <laughs> with an actress with maybe a unbelievably beautiful flowing red mane of hair that I might be a little interested in watching, uh, proven innocent. Am Nicely I, done. Am I that much of a, am I that obvious? I mean, apparently it I mean, wasn't obvious watching the to dome, me. Man. <laughs> I did not finish under the dome. I know, but you can't watch it. You, you oh. watched it okay. way longer than you should have. <laughs> but did you watch off the map? I loved Off the Map. I watched the I will, I will, Off the Map. <laughs> I will I will die on that hill. I thought Off the Map was a was a really good show. And it, it is it was lame at the beginning and it got so good and it had phenomenal characters and it was like as soon as Shonda Rhimes like didn't babysit it or you know, started to babysit it, it was too late. Yeah. I no, I will that will be a hill I will die on because I loved that show. And this is why we are friends. All right. The, uh, the last, uh, the last thing, and then we'll head over and actually talk about some ATX since we keep mentioning it and everything we keep talking about along here. It's going to be the extended uh, remix but, podcast. Uh, we'll start with the, we'll start with you, uh, Ivy. What's, uh, what's the, of all the shows mid season or, or fall season, all the new shows for the broadcast networks mentioned, uh, I mean, I, I what, could have just the least favorite that you I think could have just interested. listed every sitcom that <laughs> that's going to play. But and and because normally I don't care about sitcoms. Normally I'll just rate against the. But then I, I saw this on the list and I would completely forgotten it was a thing. But you will not be able to pay me to watch the Alec Baldwin show. I don't I don't think we need that. I don't think we need another talk show, you know, celebrity talk show in primetime. Um, I remember getting so irritated with NBC when they, when they 
stole the 10 o'clock hour and gave it to Jay Leno for a season. And this to me feels much of the same thing. I'm not a big fan of Alec Baldwin's in the first place. Uh, I'm really not going to watch his show. Yeah. I don't even like, is it actually going to try and be some sort of variety show or just a talk show? Or is it going to be, you know, like uh, just interviews like the podcast that he used to do or still does. I don't even know if he does that anymore. Uh, but, uh, or, you know, something more akin to the, uh, David Letterman show on Netflix where it's, you know, long conversations with the, uh, with people or whatever. Uh, yeah, not, uh, don't really have any interest in that as well. How about you? Uh, how about you, Lynn? What's the, of the new shows, uh, put forth? You know, I, I love my my medical legal cop shows, but they're getting so tired, and there's too many of them, and they're every single year. Don't it, say it. I'm gonna say New Amsterdam. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, I you know, again, like the lead, I don't remember his name. He's just so hopeful and nice, and he was on that other medical drama show that got canned. It's just, just like enough already. So you have this big thing and you're going to fire everybody and you start everything and you're going to change the world. Boo freaking who? Like, who cares? That's enough already. That's my favorite part of that show. <laughs> that he's going to come in and upset the apple cart. And uh, uh, I think they go. That's little... not enough to warrant a series. To me, it's like they're like they're running out of ideas for medical dramas. And, you know, it's terrible to say this. And I'm going to say this because it was such a brilliant way of doing a medical drama and you guys never have seen it. It was a series called remedy here that had an incredible cast, including one of the executive producers of blind spot. And it was like the almost like Downton Abbey of a hospital. And it was phenomenal. And I don't know why that like, why it didn't get picked up by us network. It was brilliant acting. It was dramatic. It was funny. It had Enrico Colantoni. It had Dylan Casey um, you know, Brendan Gall, who's now, as I said, uh, one of the executive producers on Blind Spot, was phenomenal. And it was a new way of looking at a hospital drama. This is like, oh, well, we have all this money. We're going to fire people and we're going to start all over again. It's like there's nothing there. And, you know, it'll probably be this huge hit show. And you guys will be like, I told you so. I told you so. But I have zero interest in it, even though the cast looks good. I have some interest in that show. Uh, because of that, there's a there's another aspect of the show that I think pushes it too far in the in the cliche department of because, uh, of course, he's not just going to be coming in to break up the, uh, you know, the old network of how things are done. But of course, he also is dying himself. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I forgot about that part. Uh, that that was that was almost the thing that was like, oh, I was liking this so far, but really, we're going to have to throw that into uh uh, to the thing. Yeah. So I don't know, sort of, uh, sort of interested in that, but recently I haven't been super interested in any, uh, any medical shows. Uh, I had some interest in code black and then they got rid of the only character that I actually liked in the first season. Well, it's okay. Once uh, you got through the second season, you really <laughs> began to like a second character and they killed her off at the end of the second season. Awesome. So I should definitely <laughs> dive back in. Right. I keep saying I'm going to quit that show, and I keep watching it, and I keep getting drug in, so I can't. I'm in. I mean, I do like uh, Marsha Gay Harden, but uh, and uh, and stuff. But the 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 only storyline that I was interested in is the one they got rid of after the 
uh, is one of the ones that they dropped after the after the first season. And so well, Rob Lowe was a good hire for that show. I'm was surprised. I'm surprised how much I like him on that show. Well, he's been a he's been a good hire a lot. Like you know, he's like the Heather Locklear, you know, you bring the male him in, Heather Locklear. You bring him in later on in a show, and it sort of revives things around, and you get a, in some new angles or whatever. Uh, although I still wish uh, uh, he was playing the. Well, I'm blanking on the the co- the comedy that was on Fox or whatever that got. Uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, that got canceled. That, oh, the grinder. Yeah, the grinder. I wish the I wish he was still playing the grinder though. That would be uh, I'd be much much. Well. My show, the one on my list of uh, the thing that I'm least interested in so far, but it's just based on the on the write up of it, is in the dark on the CW. Apparently, this is a show. It has a the blind. It has a dog named Pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, really uh, want that to work, but no. Yeah, I don't know. It just uh, and. Apparently, people that I think there is a trailer for it, but it's not being uh, apparently like they actually she did show something at the upfronts, but it's not out online or whatever. And apparently, it doesn't even <laughs> what they have doesn't look good uh, for the thing. But I don't know. Yeah, just uh, you know, a blind twenty uh, something that's uh, you know the hard drinking uh, does whatever uh, only has one friend. That friend ends up dead. But then the body disappears before the police get there. But because she's blind and drunk, they think she's just making it up. And then she straightens up along with the help of her dog to try and find out what really happened to her friend. And I was just like, I don't know. That just sounds like way too much, man. (laughs) And also, like, where do you go after the first episode? (laughs) Like, that sounds like something you can wrap up in a couple episodes. And uh, I don't know. That one just uh, is the one that... uh, of the of the write-ups and things that I that just seem the least likely to to make it and the least likely to interest me in uh, watching it because uh, I mean I put something like the only reason it's something like Alec Baldwin or some of the other things is like I I didn't even really look at the alternative series or the other types of series like those don't interest me at all so I mean technically you could put any of those things uh, any of those new things as the 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 really the least least likely of of checking it, of checking them out, uh, but of the all the write ups and trailers and stuff, this one had the least interesting plot synopsis to me. I don't know. Anybody else? Any thoughts on uh, In the Dark? I'll watch no, it. I want to watch it just out of curiosity to see how they execute it. You know, it could end up being something good because you know networks are trying to to show a little bit my more diversity showing you know real people or it could just be a trope and they're just trying to use that as a plot device that fails miserably yeah but i bet you the dog's gonna be cute (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm sure that will be the case much like the rest of the cast on tv (laughs) No homely people on TV, uh, except for for Mine Hunter, which Jason and I were both watching and saying that casting director must have put the weirdest casting call it for that show. <laughs> for, for all the uh, for all the psychos and killers, that's definitely there's definitely some uh, yeah. weird and strange uh, folks that they've uh, 
that they picked up for that show. But the main cast, very attractive. <laughs> yes. uh, Should we dive into ATX before this becomes a four-hour podcast? Yeah, I'll dive into ATX, but one last uh, bit. Uh, AV, uh, Ivy uh, wanted to talk uh, what... Uh, any surprises and things that uh, of the announcements, yeah. things that weren't announced that you thought were going to be, maybe uh, things that uh, got canceled that uh, you thought. Yeah, I'll just it. I'll just I'll just throw out a couple of three or four things in in kind of rapid fire session that I really didn't see coming. Um, Brooklyn Ninety Nine getting canceled and then picked up by another network. Um, the Tim. Oh wow. Tim yeah, Allen. Tim Allen. <laughs> His show getting picked up. Last man standing. Yeah. Show getting re-picked up again. Um, Midnight Texas moving out of summer to a fall show. I was really surprised about that. Um, uh, Greatest American Hero not getting picked up. I had a lot of faith that that would be a big thing. And 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 can can somebody send a, a fruit basket to uh, Sarah Drew? She, you know, she gets fired from Grey's Anatomy, kind of po- very poorly done. Gets a, an amazing opportunity to get picked up into a pilot right away, and then that pilot doesn't get picked up. I'm just <laughs> Cagney and Lacey. I probably wasn't going to watch it, um, but I will. I will follow Sarah Drew wherever she goes, unless it's Cagney and Lacey. So good for me because <laughs> I want. To, I want to see her do something different. Bad for her because I feel like she's just she's having a really bad spring. Uh, well, she's got a new movie coming out that she's producing, so maybe that'll. You mean, you mean with the cast of Grey's Anatomy? It felt like they pretty did much. That. I saw the trailer. It felt like they did that movie in the in a break, and not not that as a knock on the production value, but it felt yeah. like it was, you know. Let's grab everybody while we're on hiatus and make a movie. <laughs> yeah, Look, totally. It takes. Yeah, I have to say. Uh... Yeah, of the, you know, in the reboot nature of things, you have to be like, how bad were Greatest American Hero and, or, and Cagney and Lacey, or, or was it just, did they just feel like, uh, it was too many? Like, like we can only, like we can only add like one, maybe two reboots a season, not like four into the, the thing or whatever, uh, that, uh, that, that had them getting passed on. Those are kind of, uh, uh, interesting. And, in, uh, I mean, I like the original greatest American hero. So that sort of, uh, you know, believe it or not. Yeah. You know, that, that, that potentially sort of comedic superhero, you know, type of, uh, procedurally, you know, case driven type of drama thing, uh, comedy, whatnot. It has, uh, I'm surprised that it didn't, uh, I get picked up, but then I also figure it but just must have not really been executed well uh, to not get picked up. Uh, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, and Last Man Standing thing, like, that doesn't surprise me in that because of uh, the way things are going with production, uh, yeah, it being an NBC Brooklyn Nine Nine being NBC uh, Universal produced, so getting picked up to be played to continue on on NBC makes sense for the overall conglomerate of uh, you know uh, Comcast. Uh, but uh, uh, but the idea that Fox is bringing on is is was is mostly consolidating this season around Fox produce Fox Television produced shows makes sense. Except if the deal goes through for Fox 
uh, be for parts of Fox being bought by Disney. 20th television <laughs> production won't be owned by the same company as the broadcast network. And so that synergy doesn't exist any longer. So temporarily it makes sense. Uh, and it works out really well for uh, the, the part of the entity that's being sold into Disney. If that goes through, because they're producing shows that are being bought by a network. Uh, but that, that whole deal is just weird to me. Like I get it on the, it makes sense. You 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 pick up a show like Last Man Standing that did really well on Friday nights on ABC, and the re the only reason they canceled it is because they didn't have. Uh, they wanted to go with things that they were producing themselves over something that was doing well, but they were paying a big licensing fee for and not getting any of the back end. So all of those those decisions don't surprise me in where we're headed with things. But seeing that there's the potential of Fox being a network without any television studio production in the potentially near future, that they have consolidated all around one specifically seems is is what I'm surprised about. I'm still gobsmacked that that show is even still on the air. I when when I heard that news, I was just like, it's still on. But again, I guess, like, as you said, the ratings are okay. And so for which one for for last man standing, I mean, Brooklyn nine, nine, I never really watched, but I knew it had a huge cult following and I knew it would get picked up. I just did not think it would get picked up as quickly as it did. Yeah, I mean, well, it was what less than four, like 24 hours, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I think it made sense because like, you know, as the, you know, overall looking at it, they're like, we've got, we've got, f you know, four uh, or five seasons of this show we can t continue to 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 do more this is the type of show that i i'm sure they found that it's doing uh while it never did super well on on fox exactly especially for fox being that they didn't own it that continuing to produce more episodes for sale into this is the type of show that's totally going to end up in syndication on Totally. Um, you know, late nights on local TV stations around <laughs> around the various places and sold internationally uh, and whatnot. And so I think it's a no brainer for NBC to to pick it up and uh, and put it on their own, you know, in their own lineup of stuff. Uh, and uh, I think the last man standing one is is interesting just in that it was out for a season like it is like uh, it was canceled and they haven't done anything for a season and so that everybody is actually potentially still available uh to come back uh, and do a, a you know continue on with it i think that's uh, kind of interesting uh but but like i said it did it was one of the better rated comedies especially given that it was on friday nights on abc and if it you know if it had been on Fox all along with those ratings, it would have never got canceled in the first place uh, because of the corporate synergy at the time. But, uh, but yeah, I still think the whole, the whole thing of the Fox broadcasting network being going to potentially being out there as a thing unto its own or well that and Fox sports being a thing unto its own. Granted, they are heavily swinging into uh, Thursday night football and, and revolving around sports with their lineup of things too. So uh, for the fall, but I think that's an interesting thing 
just in general, because it's going to be sort of a network with no, a lot of, you know, a lot of things have, you know, Warner brothers has CW as does CBS also has CW and CBS, uh, you know, NBC has NBC, uh, has, uh, NBC universal ABC has ABC television studios. Like they all have a television production arm within the corporate, the greater corporate thing to, uh, and in this day and age with the way ratings work, you can't really, unless you have a big, like something that actually stands out in, in some way, like, uh, you know, recently, like a This Is Us or even Lethal Weapon or things that are that have stood out above ratings wise of what the rest of the stuff on that network is doing. Uh, unless you have something like that with those type of ratings that's not owned by your that you can't make any money off of it as a network as a broadcast network just just selling ads against the time uh that it airs uh unless you can get a sweet deal on the licensing fee or something like that so i don't know i could talk i could uh, babble on about fox and how how bizarre that deal is going to be with that just hanging out there by itself i think they need to i think I think they need to hook up with like a Sony television production or something to be like the arm of uh, more of a corporate synergy uh, type of thing to produce stuff for them. But uh, we'll move on to talking about the ATX Festival uh, coming up here, uh, running from Thursday, June 7th to Sunday, June 10th uh, in Austin, Texas. It's season seven of the festival, and uh, it'll be... Ivy, your second. My second, yeah. Uh, it'll be my fourth, and it'll be Lynn, your fifth. That is correct. I am the veteran ATXer. Uh, time, time attending. So, uh, you know, it's a TV festival, but it's not your, you know, it's not your Comic Con type of thing. It's not, uh, it's not genre specific. It's not uh, new, new stuff only. Uh, it's, it's a, lots of different things, uh, old and new shows, uh, lots of different types of panel presentations from, you know, groups of actors, writers, and, and things like that, uh, for, uh, TV fans. And, uh, it's also in Austin where some of the best barbecue and, uh, queso is ever made. Uh, so Thursdays of the festival, Ivy, what, uh, besides, uh, eating, brisket at cooper's what are you are you looking to anything that's uh happening festival wise once you arrive in town wait you mean i'm supposed to do something other than immediately <laughs> go to cooper's and yeah, get but... some and i've always wanted to, to attend... try Franklin's. yeah to attend the brisket panel no yeah i'll i will be honest with you and this will be a recurring theme about the schedule as it stands today there's not a whole lot of there's not a single panel or single couple of panels that that stand out that I'm specifically excited for individually as much as I'm just excited about the trip in general. Um, I there's a couple of if you look at the calendar in general and I know we're starting on Thursday, there's a couple of these that it looks like they've got some unannounced screenings yet to be. There's one at 12 o'clock. Um, if that doesn't look exciting, I'll end up at trial and error, not because I've ever watched trial and error or I have any interest in ever watching trial and error, but because Kristen Chenoweth will be there and I will go see Kristen Chenoweth say anything to anyone at any time about anything. Yeah. Trial and uh, error is also on my, uh, 
start it. That's the thing I plan on starting it off, unless uh, the coming soon thing it looks way more awesome, both because yeah. of Christian Chenoweth and because uh, I actually like really like Trial and Error. It's, yeah. been, it's been really good. So uh, some good synergy there. Is Jayma Mays still on that show? Or is she ever? Glee. You and your redheads. My goodness. Yeah, let's just leave that alone. Then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it over barbecue. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, but yeah, what? Uh, any anything else, uh, Ivy? What's, uh, what's your sort of perspective? Just, uh, trial just, and error and barbecue? That's your... <laughs> no, I mean, truly, the, there's some things that I will go to, but the, other than, like I said, potentially that unknown screening, the only thing that I'm really consider a can't miss on Thursday is the opening night um, sharp object screening, which gives Lynn another opportunity to make fun of my redhead thing with Amy <laughs> Adams on site. That's okay. Uh, it's true. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, looking at what's there, uh, trial and error, and then the critics throwdown, uh, <laughs> I think could be an interesting conversation. And then the, uh, the uncabled one talking about uh, all the ways uh, you can watch TV these days without actually, you know, signing up for the giant cable package or whatever. Uh, although if you a la carte it out, man, you might end up paying just as much as if you just got it all on cable. Uh, I think I think some of this uh, uncabling, if you're only interested in a handful of things here or there. Uh, or most of the things you're interested in are on one service. I think uh, the a la carte nature of things really works out. But if you're interested in a lot of different things that end up in a lot of different places, I think the a la carte nature of uh, of things that people have been clamoring for for years is uh, be careful what you wish for. That and then uh, the next thing would be the opening night uh, sharp objects uh, after that. So that's those are the four things that I'm... Uh, most interested on uh, opening opening day, opening night. How about you, uh, Lynn? What's uh, what are you looking forward to on? Uh... Uh, I, I know I, I can just hear now. I can hear Ivy going. Yeah, I know what she's going to say. I'm very disappointed in you too that you have no interest in seeing my future husband for Waco. Um, and I say that very tongue in cheek because as much as I do love Taylor Kitsch. Sadly, I don't know why, but the Paramount Network Canadian feed did not include this series. So I was incredibly disappointed because I did want to see it. I do, um, showing my age here, I do remember when the whole Waco thing happened. Um, and I remember seeing it on live TV when, um, spoiler alert, the compound burned down and thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe that this is happening. Did you just give a spoiler uh, alert for history? <laughs> yes, right. I know. Well, you know, there's and the Titanic sinks at the end there. of the movie, people. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, I just think it, it's a compelling like series. I think it's going to be from what I've heard from people who have seen it is compelling. The fact that Taylor Kitsch is finally showing his face and not five minutes after I almost got into the VIP uh, area. The first the first year I was there. Um and that seems to be the growing commentary from his like crazy groupie Friday Night Lights people um, that he's coming for this and and never came back for the Friday Night Lights things. 
Um, so I'm, that's actually one of the big, big things that I'm really looking forward to, not just because of the fact that Taylor Kitsch is in it, but I just think um, it would make for some pretty compelling television and the fact that it was based on a true story. Um, and a chance to again, finally watch the they, pilot for you. <laughs> finally gets a chance to watch the pilot. Yeah, exactly. The episode. And, and I love the fact that, you know, strangely enough, it just seems so appropriate to be watching Waco in Austin at the Alamo with Taylor Kitsch there. It just seems like a trifecta. It's like an early birthday gift for me. And, uh, like you, um, Jason, I want to go see or, um, hear about uncabled, you know, I'm very much interested in the industry stuff, which became a very difficult, um, sort of Sophie's choice over the last couple of years, because a lot of the industry things were happening simultaneously. And it was really hard for me to choose, uh, Trial and error is just for sheer fact that there's nothing else. And I do like Kristen Chenoweth for sure. Um, so maybe we all do Cooper's barbecue before trial and error. Um, and then I also thought it would be really interesting just because I think it could either be like crazy in terms of having a conversation with Ray Liotta because he's done so many different things. And I think, you know could be a very interesting conversation that they have there depending on how open he is and of course the opening night sharp objects um and i'm gonna sound very quebecois was jean-marc valet um who direct i think he directed it um and of course your favorite one of your gingers uh amy adams and based on what i've heard too from my sources at LA screenings who saw all the HBO stuff, that was the one that they pointed out saying that it was really good to check it out. So um, sadly I didn't get any more inside scoop before our podcast today, but they did say it was really good. So I'm excited about that. Should we venture on to Friday and I'll. Yeah, we'll venture on to Friday. I was just going to say that I think that 4 PM time slot looks really good for Cooper's. Uh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast at the hotel. Breakfast at the hotel. And Ivy okay. doesn't get in until right before uh, trial and error anyway, so like I don't want to leave Ivy out of a first trip to Cooper's. Yeah, He'll I, just get his voodoo donut then. There we go. Yeah. Trust me, I'll, 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 I'm sure I will make it to Cooper's on my own or frequently enough. To <laughs> yeah. We'll make it happen. Uh, but yeah, uh, move on to uh, Friday where... You know, the schedule uh, expands out a bit. Um, but yeah, what's, uh, Lynn, what is your, uh, what is your Friday looking like? Um, Friday right now is, is a quite a mix actually. Uh, I'm actually interested in hearing, um, I never get to make the TV awards, um, sessions last year. It was, Norman Lear the year before it was Henry Winkler I believe I'm losing track of the years they all blend into each other um but Marcy Carsey is is getting the award in TV excellence and I mean she's produced some of like TV's greatest sitcoms um Roseanne a different world the Cosby show and I just think it'd be really interesting to hear what she has to say and then I know that they their company Carsey Warner got bought out a while back, so it'd be interesting just from a business standpoint if she ever mentions that. Um, looking at emerging studios, you know, sort of what you were talking about um, when we were talking about the conglomerations and stuff like that, the business side of things is always fascinating to me. Plus, um, E1 is one of the Canadian um, conglomerates that's been doing a lot of really interesting things lately. They're really diversifying, and I think they're doing a lot of 
smart business moves uh, in terms of buying out. They bought um, Mark Gordon Productions, um, who does was it Scandal? One of the one of the Shonda Rhyme in that that realm kind of deal. Um, either that or going to a screening because I found last year I didn't go to enough screenings and I love the Alamo. So it may be either uh, Emerging Studios or the Condor screening about um, the CIA survivor guy. Um, he survives an attack. His whole office is wiped out and he's on the run. And then the directors and then maybe TGI Hulu because there's nothing else. Is Condor new? Is that, or has that been around for a year or two? I can't remember. It's, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I could be wrong. It's new coming to, uh, what is it? The, the AT&T. Uh, audience network, is yeah, it? Yeah, the audience network. So unless you have DirecTV or AT&T U-verse, you won't have uh, access to it. But I'm interested, uh, I'm interested in that one as well. What about you, Ivy? What is... Uh, what are some of the things on Friday that you're uh, looking at? Um, you know, less less specifics this time around. So, um, a couple of things that I'm that I will that I will likely do, not that necessarily are holding. So, on duty is a is an early panel at ten fifteen. That's um, seems to be focused around representing active mili- active duty military life and different shows and the How to Make Valor Better panel. Yeah, I, although I, I think it's funny that Anna Frick, who was a producer on Val, Valor, is in the panel. But you've also got Graham Yost, who did the Pacific. Graham Yost, who's done a ton of stuff, but specifically the specific, the Pacific, specifically the Pacific. Um, and then and a he's couple, a brilliant panelist, too. Oh, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of his. And so um, and then you've got some other folks. You've got SEAL Team represented. You've got Long Road Home. You've got Six represented, which seems to be pivoting hard this season for its second season of six, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I would be, I'm excited for Brock Meyer. I would be so much more excited if Amanda Pete was there, but I'm still going to be excited <laughs> for Brock Meyer. Um, there's a couple of unknown panels to so, so see what pops up there. There's a couple of um, neat um, technical stuff like the director's panel and then the penultimate versus the fin- finale panel. Um if I can get caught up on Winona Earp between now and the show, I will between now and the show, I will definitely be seeing that panel. But I've got five episodes that have been sitting on the DVR for a while. Sounds like uh, something to watch on the plane on the way down. Yeah, fair. Yeah, for me, uh, looking at starting at the uh, you know the ten o'clock uh, start of the day, uh, looking at all the things that are there, the the one that. That interested me most is the from pitch to punchline. Uh, I'm always interested in the how things get created and and that type of behind the scenes uh, type stuff and and so that uh, that potential conversation looks uh, really interesting. Although, if the coming soon screening at the Alamo <laughs> in that ten o'clock uh, thing ends up being something that I'm interested in, that will take over that spot, uh, and I will go to I will go to that. Then at uh, then for me it's uh, screenings of stuff uh, on my list. Uh, I'm interested in going to the Castle Rock screening, uh, which is uh, you know uh, I believe that's based on a Stephen King uh, thing and uh, going to be on Hulu. Uh, you know, brand new show coming up. Uh, I think it, I believe it starts in June. Uh, also, uh, 
Uh, what's, uh, why did I not write this down? Uh, my friend Ray, Wayne Henderson is doing a, a Castle uh, Castle Rock podcast. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right this off the top of my head. Sorry, Wayne. But uh, we will have the name of it in the show notes so you will be able to find that if you're also interested in that show uh, to follow along with that. Uh, and then uh, the Condor screening. Uh, and then the uh, Love Is blank screening. Those all uh, all new shows coming to uh, various places. I'm interested in all of those as well as uh, it's it's potentially on my list, but it's out there at the nine o'clock. It's in a weird place, you know. Might be uh, uh, doing other things like taking a trip out to the Salt Lake. Uh, but the uh, Mayans MC they're doing a panel for that at nine o'clock that night. Uh, as uh, the Mayans. Uh, the show will coincide with the will open up the rot rally. My uh, favorite. <laughs> that will also be taking place in Austin, uh, starting on the Friday night. Uh, so, uh, but a pretty good synergy actually, if you think about it, for getting them to uh, to come. But that's the sort of uh, spinoff out of the uh, the world of uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, following the uh, obviously following the Mayans. Uh, Instead, uh, this go around, and uh, so you know that could be potentially interesting. But that's uh, that's the stuff on my list. I'm, uh, it could be an all screenings day if something interesting shows up in that uh, soon ten thirty spot. Do you think that's going to be a screening? I figure with a half out with only a third sixty minute thing, it would probably be a Q and A or a panel. Uh, it could be a half hour. So it'll it'll likely be it'll likely be a, a half hour show. So it'll be like okay. a twenty two minute screening followed by you know like the half a half hour Q and A afters. Uh, that's type, fair. Type of thing, and so yeah, that's the uh, yeah. I think you can usually like the hour ones are usually probably a half hour comedy type of show, uh, followed by a Q and A, and the ninety minute ones are usually the, you know, the 45 minute episode type, uh, screening of dramas and things followed by the 45 minute or so Q and a afterwards. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what, uh, I'm looking at. Uh, how about, uh, you Lynn on Friday? Did we do that? I, I lost track of, uh, uh, yeah, I was the first to do yeah, Friday. You, you, but went, you went through Friday and Saturday. then, so now, uh, so Lynn, your Saturday, what's, uh, my Saturday, again, is a good mix, too, I think, um, unless some changes to the schedule happen. Um, one that just came up that I didn't see before, I guess, in my glance, because I was so focused on the Waco thing, I had blinders on, um, was a panel called Show Me All Your Flaws, talking about flawed characters. And Jonathan Tucker from Kingdom and was the Donnelly's um, is going to be part of it. And I think if there is any character that I have seen on television on some of my favorite shows that is more flawed would be his character on Kingdom. And I'm just fascinated by um, what he may have to say on that because his character was all over the place and it was so compelling. Um, Why Does TV Matter is another one. And... uh, I'm just whipping off the list here. I don't have much. I didn't write much in terms of that. Um, and then two steps forward, um, establishing a career. I think that could be interesting, maybe just from a, a personal standpoint. Um, 
you know, I think there's lots of people in the industry that completely do 360s and you, you see actors that are directing and producing and you see, you know, um, and just actually at ATX, having talked to a couple of producers, they started out as lawyers. And I think there's a ton of lawyers working in the industry right now as producers. So I think that would be really interesting. Um, then One Day at a Time, which is a reboot, which I said I'm, you know, not a big, huge fan of, but it's a phenomenal thing. And for crying out loud, it's got Rita Moreno. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's introduced Rita Moreno to a younger generation because how many people can have the longevity of a career that she has? And she has, like, an EGOT, you know? So she's, like, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. I mean, how many people have that? Not many. So that's kind of exciting. Um, awkward and amusing. The British comedies and inside a writer's room are my full list of the day. So I'm done at like five. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The better call Saul origin story panel at the end of the day doesn't uh, hold any interest for me either. Cause okay. I haven't watched any of the show. How about uh, you, Ivy? What is uh, What things are you looking at on uh, Saturday? Um, I was trying to Google the number of people who've actually won an EGOT because I thought I knew it, uh, and I did not. I was wrong, so I will keep my mouth shut. Um, I know so, Google's getting there, or she has it. She got it. Yeah, she's got it. There's looks like there's about 15. I thought it was closer to 30, but I was wrong. Um, okay, so Saturday. Uh, again, nothing really specifically jumps out. I would absolutely be at that Show Me All Your Flaws panel with you, Lynn, but the the Women Who Defy panel has Sarah Gamble, who writes it show runs The Magicians, which is easily my favorite show on television that is will be represented at, at ATX in any way, shape, form, and fashion. So I will most definitely be there. Um, it looks like there's a mystery panel Friday after, I mean, late in the afternoon. If I'm not there, I'll be at the Inside the Writer's Room panel, which has got um, uh, Sean Ryan, Liz Tigelar, uh, and a couple of other people that I really, really like. That's really, as far as like stuff that really jumps out, the politically minded panel, I think is great. It's interested, it's interested to me that they're cross programming that with the widest TV matter panel. Cause you, I think those are two things that was, that would kind of draw in the same crowd. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Don't take that tone with me. I think also looks pretty good. Um, these are the types of panels that I, it's, it's very much like I think when we talked about a post in the post show um, podcast last year, it was the stuff that I didn't expect that really was some of my favorite panels, um, which was the the one last year in particular was the, um, the the getting music on the mic drop music on not not the scores but the actual popular music added in that was a fascinating panel. So I think some of those behind the scenes stuff again take that tone the. The writer's room, casting processes, those types of things I think are really, um, really going to be the stuff that jumps out for me. Yeah, those are my favorite parts of the, like, I, I like, you know, a lot of the screenings and stuff like that, too. But uh, some of those uh, panels like that, where they have the people here for all these different shows, and then they take a look at what they what they do, any commonalities and stuff like that, and they create these other panels, uh, and they pull people from... You know that are you know main you know mainly there for you know their specific show or something like that to talk about these other situations or or things like you uh, uh, like you mentioned with the that one or uh, 
can't remember. Was that the day before or whatever? There's like a director's one or something. Like there's a bunch of different uh, yeah. things that they have that they pull these different uh, writers or stuff to to talk about these different issues. Uh, or like you said, the uh, you know the one where uh, you know the talking about military shows. Mm-hmm. They're they're all they're people here that are not necessarily here for a specific military show any longer or something like that. They're here because of some other show or some other thing, uh, but they all have done those in the past or have some sort of a association with it. And so they're going to talk about that. Uh, those are the things I like. Uh, so for me, uh, starting out with the, uh, the bottle episodes uncorked, uh, that, uh, that one sounds uh, interesting uh, to, to start the day off. Uh, followed by the uh, two steps forward, one step back, establishing a career of the of the other ones. Uh, those that one seemed more interesting over over thirty something, which I didn't watch uh, back when it was on. Like that was sort of still like a little before. Uh, I was watching a lot of TV, but that was like I was too young to really be watching that <laughs> that type of TV uh, kind of at the time. Uh, and the, but the, the establishing a career one just seemed more interesting over the, as you said, the two, like the politically minded and why does TV matter that are sort of similar, uh, to me at right now. Uh, so that one, that's, that's what's presently on my list. But again, uh, that 12 PM coming soon spot at the Alamo, if there ends up being an interesting screening there, uh, something that I would want to see that might take, uh, precedence over the. Uh, heading out to the Google Fiber Space, which is also the s- sort of, well, nothing's really too far. It is the outlier of all the <laughs> of all the places that they hold things. Uh, in yeah, that. but you can plan your your Cooper's trip around having to go out to Google. <laughs> that is true. It is. It but is. if you're at the Alamo, you can have lunch while you're screening. That is true too. <laughs> you can order and have food delivered to your seat while you're watching. Uh, that is the bonus of going to the Alamo. Uh, and then, uh, at one uh, thirty, I have the, uh, don't take that tone with me. That, uh, sounded, you know, that sort of behind the scenes, how do you write, uh, how do you convey what type of tone you want in your writing? Like, uh, and, and stuff like that is, is, uh, interest. I think is an interesting, uh, topic, uh, to talk about. And then I have... Uh, down on mine, uh, the Nash Bridges writer's room. And uh, not because I'm like some huge fan of Nash Bridges while I did watch the show uh, back when it was on. I just think that uh, the show has, you know, John Worth, Sean Ryan, Glenn Mazzara, Pam Vesey, and uh, Jed Seidel, uh, and uh, Carlton Cuse. It's, uh, there's a quite a group of interesting writers that were on that show that have gone on to write lots of other very, uh, and work on lots of other interesting things, you know, uh, like, uh, the shield and, uh, and lost and, uh, other things, uh, past that. So I think that's an interesting potential panel, uh, to sit through, uh, watch them reminisce about that and how it launched them into other things. And then, uh, sort of keeping with that, uh, the inside a writer's room panel, uh, at 4:45, sort of talking about what it's you know what it's like to be in a writer's room for you know how they how things work 
in various things and uh, various writers' rooms and stuff like that. That again, like I said, uh, some of those uh, behind the scenes uh, things of how TV gets made, I'm very, I find very interesting. Uh, but also, once again, <laughs> if at 4:45 at the Alamo that coming soon spot ends up being a screening that seems vastly more interesting uh, than that, I may be there instead. But uh, the day looks to end uh, right around uh, uh, 6 o'clock that, uh, you know, uh, 5.45, 6 o'clock there, uh, whatever it is, 6.15, possibly, if you go to the screening. Yeah, with no great Saturday night event. Yeah, the uh, no big... I call uh, there, but I don't feel like that's the signature Saturday yeah. night. No, the you signature, know, the, really the signature event is, uh, turns out to be on Sunday. And uh, because. Hey, look at that segue. Uh, and which. <laughs> Nicely is, played. Which is, uh, the next day on our list. Uh, short day. Things end around 3 p.m. Uh, it's, uh, the, everything's sort of built in the, uh, you can come and, uh, jet your way out, much like Ivy will be doing that early that evening and still see everything possibly that uh, you might want to on the day. Uh, they're usually a few, uh, you know, like I think at least one less, uh, uh, venue, uh, no Google fiber space venue on the day. So, one, you know, a few less things at any given time period. Uh, but, uh, overall, uh, Lynn, what are, uh, what's your Sunday? My Sunday is going to be, um, quite, quite short, um, even though it is a shortened day, I think I'm going to go take a look at the powerful TV at 10. Um, I think that kind of covers off a lot of those other industry panels that were, you know, programmed against each other, which drives me crazy. Um, and, you know, has been has been my pet peeve for the last couple of years because there have been so many great industry panels. They all seem to be around the same time. Um, and then even though I wasn't like an active uh fan i am a fan of of course greg grenberg so i'm going to go to the felicity reunion i'm very happy that he's going to be there um amongst all the other things and i and i just find you know the one thing i do love about atx and i have since the beginning even before they started calling it camp tv camp for grown-ups it really is kind of a camp atmosphere I feel like the casts are super lo like low key and, and super chill about things and they're super funny. And even if you aren't a fan of a show, um, the reunion things are always really fascinating to me. I mean, last year they had the Battlestar Galactica reunion, which I know you guys were big fans of. I knew the cast members, but I had never seen the show and I actually was completely charmed by the cast. Um, so I think because Felicity was like, you know, one of the original series on the WB, which then became the CW, I think it's going to be really funny. And I think the cast really seemed to really like each other. So I think it'll be fun. And then again, because I like the cast members um, and I've yet to see the show because we did not have... FX on my uh, cable provider. Uh, I want to go see the Americans, which is probably going to be a bad thing because then I, it's going to be huge spoilers. But um, I love Matthew Rice, Rice, whatever you, however you pronounce his name, and uh, I'm curious to know what they have to say. So that's it for me. 
How about you, Ivy? Yeah, I think this is uh, another rough day for me. So um, rough as in not a whole lot jumps out and what what does kind of um, overlaps with each other. So uh, we've got another mystery panel at the um, it's the 90 minute or two as well. So that feels pretty good Then maybe we'll get something good um, Sunday morning at the Ritz at the Alamo. Um, I'm probably going to make a really tough decision and end up not going to the Felicity reunion um, to see the authors and showrunners panel because I am a big fan of, I, I think even if you looked at my top five television shows on TV the last couple of years, they're all adaptations of books and they're all done very differently how well they take to the source material. Um, so a discussion specifically on that, I think will be really good, especially the fact that Sarah Gamble, that's the other panel she's doing. Um, so I will probably end up there, especially knowing that the Felicity reunion will probably be one of the first ones that they put, um, available for streaming and downloading at a later time. Other than that, I might swing by younger. I haven't watched that show since its first season because I find the, um, the premise so preposterous not that Sutton Foster isn't an amazingly beautiful woman, but I don't think you put her next to a 22-year-old and believe that she's 22. Not a knock, just not realistic. Um, but Younger is a show that's always been big for ATX. I mean, has always brought a big presence to ATX, so I will probably swing there. Again, just to counter-program against the Americans, because I have watched it. I'm just a couple of seasons behind, and I've been pretty successful at staying away from spoilers, at least big-picture spoilers. Um, so I will probably steer clear, even though I would have loved to have seen um, something, you know, to skip both Carrie Russell panels is, is probably a pretty stupid thing to do. But um, that authors and showrunner panel just really probably will be will end up being one of my favorite things based on the discussion. Well, call me stupid because I don't plan on going to either. Of those either. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for me. The conversation with the king sounds interesting just because, you know, I, I would be watching The Good Fight if I had a Hulu subscription or not a Hulu, a CBS All Access uh, subscription. Uh, I really like The Good Wife. Uh, so I think that could be uh, an interesting uh, convo. Uh, but on my, but what uh, the thing that I picked to start out is the uh, Everyone is Doing Great. Uh, the It's an independently produced uh, TV show. Uh, that, you know, I'm interested to see, uh, kind of interested to see that. Although, again, unless the screening that gets scheduled at 10.15 is more interesting than that one. At any rate, more likely to go to one of the screenings at the 10 o'clock time. Uh, but then since I never really watched Felicity, and while I think, uh, like Lynn said, given the people that are there are, are going to be there and stuff like that, it could be a really fun panel, even if you haven't. But not having any connection with anything, I, I don't. It doesn't super interest me. But the authors and showrunners one does, not because different than uh, you, Ivy. Where I think a lot of the adaptations and things that you're interested in, you've also read uh, the things uh, that they that are being adapted. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I'm just interested on the the interested in it in the process, not because uh, necessarily I've read a lot of the things that end up getting adapted into these things. I'm more interested in the process of how they, they end up doing that, you know, that trying to create a TV show, but not, you know, sort of 
anger the fans of the original thing, but maybe something in a in the book doesn't work, you know, in a TV show type of thing, and those types of issues of bringing a, a book to screen, and the various ways you can do that. There is a, some other panel that will be scheduled at Trinity Hall uh, at the same time period. Uh, but uh, so far, that one looks the, the most interesting. Uh, and then the uh, younger uh, screening and panel as well, just because, as with you, Ivy, I'm a few seasons behind on The Americans and do plan on catching up and have been able to stay away from big event things that have happened or whatnot. And uh, and I don't want to sit in on a conversation where the series finale will have aired and they're going to be able to talk about anything <laughs> <laughs> the length of the show uh, within that. And so try and stay away from uh, anything uh, spoilery that way as well. So, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's uh, I think that's our uh, that's our ATX. That's some of the things that are going to be there. Uh, if you're going to be there, you know, hit us up on uh, Twitter uh, or, or whatnot. And uh, and maybe we can uh, say hi. Uh, maybe we find a buddy to sit next to you in uh since it seems that we're going, a few of us are going to be uh, going to different things at various times. We might need another buddy that's interested in the same things we are uh, to to stand in line with uh, to go to these panels. Uh, but we'll have that uh, information where you can uh, get a hold of us and stuff like that in the show notes as well. And uh, but yeah, anything else to say, uh, Ivy, about the the festival in general? I'm really hoping that the that these unannounced screeners bring a little more excitement to me. I, it's like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to the show in general, but there's nothing really that specific that jumps off the page. So I've got I've got faith that some of these screeners are going to be end up being something I really will truly love. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that they end up being things that were just announced last week that are going to be playing in the fall. In my experience, those are the things that have usually ended up popping up in those. Uh, in the past, they tend to they've tended to be more of the Fox stuff, but I don't know what their relationship with the, any anything is. I think uh, they're probably trying to secure the ability to do any of the things or whatever one's uh, most interest. Uh, but uh, but in those things, I could totally see based on people that are be there and are big fans of the festival that I could totally see things like Roswell and whatnot, uh, possibly being things, even though that's mid season, uh, because of the connection there. Uh, but, uh, we'll see, uh, what some of those things, uh, uh, pop up in there. How about you, Lynn, any, uh, overall thoughts on, uh, the festival? This yeah, year? I think I I'm with Ivy on that. And I really, you know, I, I feel like I've seen the evolution of the festival, the good and bad and the ugly when it came to the Gilmore girls. Um, because I really think Entertainment Weekly um, has been an uh, an asset and also a detriment to the festival. I really think, you know, the the organizers of ATX are two phenomenally gifted, talented, sweet, amazing women who have who have really created something magical. Um, obviously, I've made tremendous friendships and um, relationships based out of going to Austin. So I, you know, I feel like this, you know, real loyalty to the, to the festival. And I think it's really, you know, unfair that these networks 
and agents and whoever else behind the scenes are really, I don't want to say dropping the ball, but I think really holding out on, on the team at ATX in terms of allowing them to sort of fill their schedules. Um, because again, a lot of us are coming from, you know, places that are far away and we have to, you know, figure out time off. And if there's no big draw, that they're announcing people who either haven't been to the festival or trying to watch their money or vacation times aren't likely to go. So I really hope that, you know, some of these network executives realize the potential of these diehard fans that go to ATX, that support it, that are highly, highly, highly engaged on social media. Um, You know, much like how I guess the origins of Comic-Con were, um, that can really support, the success of a TV series and really support, you know, the talent that's there. So, um, I highly, highly recommend it to people. I'm, you know, there's nothing really spectacular besides, you know, the Waco and, um, getting the opportunity to see Greg Granberg. Cause I just think he's a hoot, um, at, at the event. And also just, you know, I think we've all sort of seen that having been there before, where sometimes those events surprise you. I mean, I remember going to a writer's room thing and just the anecdotal things that the cast or the writers were talking about was hilarious. And, you know, it's it's sometimes those little surprises that makes the festival what it is. So I'm super excited to be back um, for a fifth year to camp and seeing all my friends and um hopefully going to the Salt Lake with everybody. And, uh, yeah, I'm already starting to pack. Yeah, it's the, uh, you know, good food, good friends, good festival. You need to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I'll say I feel like I feel like they were EW was trying to make a Dawson's Creek reunion happen. Um, and then it just didn't yeah. come together, which is why they did their thing a couple of a month or so ago. Uh, and I feel like you, you put that on the headline and it completely changes the dynamic of the show this year. A hundred percent. And also no, no Bo Willimont. Like. I've been hearing about like his panel, his, you know, just kind of just talk panel. And I was really putting it on my list and I didn't see it pop up this year. I guess he's not at the show this year. Yeah. The last couple of years he's done sort of like a, almost like a, it's almost like a create your own panel. Like There's no, like, uh, it's sort of audience driven to what ends up being talked about and things like that. It's been, those have been, I've heard those have been pretty interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I didn't see a, uh, that on the the list uh, anywhere, but uh, with that, we'll move on to uh, give Ivy one more chance to talk about uh, TV adaptations and things that were canceled and things that he hopes to get picked up by some other network. And uh... I don't I don't want to belabor this point. I I feel like I feel like it's gotten um, the the expanses cancellation and the and the campaign to get it picked up by another network um, have been covered to death on the internet, um, which is a good thing, right? Because this is, this is an incredibly, incredibly well-produced, well-directed, well-acted, well-written show um, that is the, is the, the victim of a bad deal, a bad financial deal for both the production company, the studio and the, um, and the telev- and the, the main network in the states. Yeah, one of those that seemed uh, like a good deal in 
in the beginning, but the way it spun out turned out not to be a good deal like for anybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to gripe at sci-fi, but they're they're not in a profitable situation. I don't blame them. Everyone's it's it was just a bad deal. The trick is it's a great show. It's 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 a shame because we, we everyone's trying to get people to watch it now. It's not a show that you can jump in on on the 25th episode. Um but do it anyways. Yeah. I would hope that, that start yeah. watching the show. We ask some questions. People will fill you in. It's a phenomenal show. It's the best show. It's the best science fiction space show we've had on television since since it, it might be better all in than Battlestar Galactica was trying to do something different. Um, it, it really is that good. And it's a crying damn shame that it got canceled this year. Yeah, it would. I think it would be uh, something that, I mean, hopefully, maybe a Netflix. I mean, since they have the rights to it in like the rest of the world, <laughs> like. Well, the the encouraging thing is that it hasn't been said no yet. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, if other shows, other deal like, could be worked yeah. out that it could be you know become a Netflix original or something like that everywhere. Yeah, you know, type of thing I mean, they, or. They, they push back dismantling the sets a week, which is either a good sign because um, there's they're getting closer to a deal or it's a sign that maybe somebody wants to buy the sets because, again, good. Um, so please, if you've ever thought about watching it, just turn it on this week and give it a shot. Ask us questions. Come to Reddit. Come to, come to the Twitter. Come to the Facebook. We will fill you in and bring you up to date as quickly as possible. But watch this darn show. Yeah, is the the first season is out on Netflix, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. No, I think it's on um, Amazon or Prime. Is it, is it on Amazon Prime? Yeah. So if uh, if you have Amazon Prime, go check out the uh, the more uh, the more it gets streamed and watched and stuff like that. The more these uh, streaming networks and stuff like that see that it might be a thing that they should uh, look at doing. So that's that. The Expanse. Yeah, that's I I really liked it. It's one that I'm behind on. But yeah, it was piling up on the DVR, but yeah, need to get uh, caught up with that one. But yeah, I was disappointed in... You're the problem, the, Jason. The, yeah. Fix it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, how about you, Lynn? Do you have a, a recommendation TV show that uh, that you think people should 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 check out, should uh, find, uh, should uh, hope that it uh, makes its way from Canada down here? Makes its way to U.S. television. Yeah, I unbuys tons of our stuff, um, but I even think, you know, a network needs to pick this up. And I keep tweeting to the producer, writer, actor of the show, um, Catherine Reitman, who comes from, yes, a very prestigious family. She's Ivan Reitman's daughter. She's Jason Reitman's sister, who has produced one of the funniest, most touching uh sitcoms I've seen in a while and again I'm not a big sitcom watcher but I love this show um and not just because it's Canadian because she's been living in LA forever but it's a series called Working Moms it's on CBC which is our national broadcaster um so if you're living in a border town you might be able to pick it up um I don't know if it's geo-blocked because I know it is streaming on the CBC website it is hilarious I know people have worked on it it's one of the um the most favorite working um, sets that they've ever worked on. And they've worked on a lot. Um, and it's basically about a bunch of working moms that meet up at like their kids, like mom and tots group. 
And um, so Catherine Reitman is like the lead in the show. She also writes a lot of the episodes and she produces it. And her husband plays her husband on the show. Um, for you Winona Earp fans, Danny F. and Kind is also one of the leads. I know she's done some guest um, stints on Winona Earp. It's hilarious. It's touching. Um, it's just really super funny. So if you can catch it, do. Um, I've, I've been actually like trying to advocate her to get to ATX to talk to the women at ATX so that she could get it picked up at the U S networks. Um, I'm still a pretty big fan of blind spot. I'm not watching it live and live tweeting the way I used to. Um, again, you know, a brilliant, brilliantly executed show, really interesting, they're turning the seasons on their butts each year, um, jumping ahead two years, completely changing the characters. Um, so I think as much as they're getting away from the whole tattoos thing, I just still think it's a pretty creative show. And on Netflix, getting into Mindhunter, which, as we jokingly said, casting director must have had a field day, trying to find the homeliest, scariest, creepiest looking people um, to round out part of the, uh, the fringe cast. So it's a fascinating show that's sort of built on, um, basically psychologically profiling criminal behavior. Um, so those would be my things. Yeah. I believe, uh, Mindhunter was my pick on a previous uh, podcast. Uh, definitely a interesting show, uh, sort of the creation of the, uh, well, like the BAU popularized on Criminal Minds, the uh, that type of uh, tracking and profiling of uh, these, you know, serial ser- serial killers and stuff like that. Uh, but a great cast and a and a good uh, period piece as well, and uh, quite quite interesting. So yeah, I definitely would recommend that one as well. And uh, with that, uh, you can uh, find uh, links uh, to our recommendations uh, as well as uh, a link to uh, the. Uh, Castle Rock podcast that I mentioned, uh, as well as where you can find uh, all of us online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 392. And uh, thank you both uh, Ivy and uh, Lynn for uh, joining me on this uh, super extended episode of TV Times 3. <laughs> super, super, super extended episode. Yes, super extended. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it covered a couple of time zones. Yes, it's a... Uh, Multi-country, multi-hour, multi-state. Multi-state. <laughs> Multi-topic. It just uh, covers the gamut. But, uh, yeah, thanks again uh, for uh, joining me, and uh, I'll see you both in a couple weeks. hey I'll see you then. Hey,